Hello, welcome to episode 54 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Uh, we've got a full roster again today for the first one back from the new year and the Christmas break. Uh, so we are, of course, joined by the Toothless Wonder himself, who was in Sheffield for the 7-0 smashing of the Manchester Storm. Hello, Gareth Dutton. How are we? Hello, Joe. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the the best of the games. I mean, the highlight was obviously seeing you guys. But that's Clearly. a highlight of all, every time. How are you anyway, Joe? I'm I'm all good, mate. All good. New Year. So, uh, you know, we, we carry on. Hopefully, uh, smash the storm next time you're in Sheffield. And, uh, yeah, go from there. End of, end of this month. <laughs> end of this month. Are you, are you over in Sheffield again, or are you, uh, you decided not to make the journey this month? Awesome, or is it yeah. Manchester? Nice about game. Oh, yes. 25th, isn't it? Yep. Very true. Very true. Um, we are also joined by the man who's nodding like a Winston Churchill dog in the back of a car at the minute. It's Dave Grant. How are we, Dave? Oh, yes. Um, evening, yeah. Joe. Evening, everyone. And uh, Happy New Year evening. to all, all the listeners. Um, uh, yeah, all, all, it's uh, good to be back amongst the... Um, the brethren and uh, no doubt our fine discussion of uh, hockey will uh, commence the next 15 million hours or it feels like we know what you're all wondering and yes we've managed to find a contentious issue to discuss on today's podcast um more about that later though we are joined by the uh, the, the um the mysterious i don't know why he's mysterious mainly because his computer doesn't always work um Andy stafford how are we doing mate not the first time though is it um... Someone. Um, I'm not too bad, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, again, happy new year to everyone. Uh, hope everybody a really good one. This is true. To be fair, mate, the mystery is more when your your computer is working nowadays. So that is true. <laughs> um, yeah, echo what, what Andy said. Happy new year to everybody. Hope everybody's had a good uh, Christmas and New Year break. Um, a lot of hockey to cover as we've had uh, what was about two or three weeks off. I can't remember. I think we worked out it was the 19th was the last uh, was the last podcast recording. Um, in that time, the Panthers beat the Steelers for the first time in God knows how long. Was it two seasons? Something like that. Um, in Sheffield, it was 3-2 in overtime on New Year's Day. Uh, Dundee beat Belfast 6-3. And Coventry, in the most surprising of games, beat Cardiff 5-0 in Cardiff. Um that was certainly a bizarre one to be following on flash scores. Um, gents, I'm going to throw it over to you guys, see what you were, your highlights of the Christmas break of beat. My, my um, highlight will be, um, I'm going to go with the goalies. Well, new year, new me, we'll go with a goalie highlight. Um, and Matt Jin's save against the Panthers. Um, I mean, it didn't lead them to getting anything out of the game. However, as highlight real saves go, um, pretty good start to the year. Um, uh, cross post, using the paddle of the stick, top top notch work from uh, Mr. Jin, and it was good to see him stay on his feet and only go down when he had to make a save instead of uh, when Augusta Wynn went past him. This is very true. I, I like the passive aggressive dig at Gref there with the. It's a shame we couldn't get anything from it. Um, well, exactly. It's <laughs> new year, new me. Um, and we'll, we'll try and, you every know, opportunity. You know, we can't always mention, you know, the playoff missing out, the 8-2, the 7-0. You know, you got to try and make, mix it up a little bit. And, you know, you can't, it's, it's not all about giving Griff all the grief, is it? 
No, just most of it. But it's not all of it, is it? <laughs> this is true. This is true. And me, Griff, highlights? It was nice to be mentioned. I mean, the first time you got a win in our ranking 400 in odd days, but you know. Oh, someone's counting. Uh, I got that from Twitter. Since you've been in playoffs? <laughs> uh, about 20 odd years. We We're going to go back to the original Manchester Star Matters. Shall we accumulate Manchester and Buffalo together, or...? <laughs> we haven't got enough fingers, toes, pieces of paper to count that one, mate. Definitely not. <laughs> uh, Matt, slowly getting back on track. <laughs> <laughs> My highlight is going to be... I'm going to go home run this one. I mean, I know everyone's still going to be surprised. Hope hope you all sat down and you not fell down. <laughs> New Year, old Griff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody else this time. Nearly as old as his teeth. My highlight would be Storm getting five points in four games in five days. I mean, we lost out in overtime to Guildford. Uh, we'll see a dubious decision towards the end, end of the third, to which... Led to Finna getting a, a game misconduct at the end of the game. But then the day after, travelled down to Guildford, got a 2 1 win. And then last Saturday, I scored that if we were predicting, none of us would have got it right. So we would have been on track as normal. We beat Cardiff 4 1. And then. Thanks for that. Alright, starts we mean to go on. Hopefully we can do it again this Saturday. And then again. the day after yep. we lost to Nottingham 3-0. Uh, as much you guys have got bodies out injured, we've announced that yeah, we actually do have some two players out properly seriously injured. I mean Negrins was surgery on his cheekbones right next to it. Where he got his surgery done was right next to his temple. So he's definitely going to be out for a while. And then Hughesman, don't know how long he's going to be out for. So yeah, with bodies down, getting that amount of points to getting into a playoff spot. My highlight is not Stanek Gautier. Simply because I'm surprised. I... Yeah, you feeling all right? No, I'm not. He still had to go for the honourable mention, though, didn't he? Yeah, he had to get drop, no, name drop. Had to, I mean, I come and remember every week, you know, with these endless, uh, just end-to-end goals, just, you know, so that could be every week, but this week, I thought, you know, there's been something a bit different, and uh, got to throw a name out as well. Uh, Sue Hind, who's been battling cancer for quite a while now, uh, finally was given the all-clear recently. Uh, and so to uh, you know to, to celebrate that, they decided to uh, get a bell in the middle of the ice, but held uh, by two sticks it was attached to, and uh, two players centre ice, and she ran that bell in front of nine thousand people, which just just amazing, you know. It's, it's things like this, you know, it's great having the goals or all, all the great plays and saves, but Arky brings these people. It just brings people together, you know, and it's unlike any other sport, and I think sometimes it gets overlooked, and 
just thought it deserved a bit of mention today. So, so just want to throw out there if, if Sue Hyde listens to this, it's fantastic to hear. Um, I hope you'll be able to enjoy the rest of your life. Yeah, I can't agree more. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty special moment. Um, I think for a lot of Steelers fans in the building, um, Sue's been a fan for pretty much as long as the club's been going, I think. And uh, now there's been multiple seasons where they've been to every game at home and away. Um, things like that. You know, they travel everywhere. They've gone abroad. Um, you know, and I, I've I've known them for a long time, and it was uh, it was it was shocking to say the least to find out. Obviously, when when she found out that she got cancer, um, so to find out that she was given the all clear to get her on the ice, uh, it was a it was a spot on moment. Uh, I, I spoke to her in uh, in the news before the game on uh, New Year's Day, and she wasn't too taken with the idea of going out onto the ice in front of everybody. Um, but we were kind of going with that. Oh, it's okay. It's not, you know, it's not Boxing Day. It's not New Year's Day. You know, I'm sure there won't be as many people there. And then woke up the next morning to oh, there's only 500 tickets left, and it was like, okay, if we were wrong on that front. But to see the building packed out, you know, for her to get the reception that she got at that point was just fantastic to see. It certainly it got very dusty. Uh, in the Sheffield Arena, I think the cleaners need to uh, work harder because uh, this certainly uh, it was a. Uh, what a beautiful moment for a person who, and then I'll say it's, it's the second time we've done that in, in Sheffield where we've had someone go centrized to ring the bell. Um, and kind of like what Andy said, it's the, the moments that you actually remember more, or I may have been myself, but then you know, the big goals win titles, the big fights, it's, it's them little moments that when you kind of go. You, you wrote up for a list of why you watch the game, why you go to the game, why you invest your time, money and energy to, to the game. And it's them moments that kind of bind it together. So you, yeah, so you mentioned the goal, but it's that moment there. Remember that night that Sue did the bell in the centre ice and it, it was wonderful. Um, to do it in front of 9,000 plus was, I don't think anybody, um, either her or her husband, Danny, I, I think deserves as, as honourable mention. Um, it was it had been by her side for the whole thing. We expected to do that in front of that sort of crowd. So um, it was a great moment. Uh, start of the night well. Um, completely no to do with the game, but gave the energy to the crowd. Um, and everyone walked out remembering uh, that moment, and they will do for some time. Um, we've had some some great moments. We've had some sad moments throughout the years with, with some of the fans um, who followed the Steelers over the years. That was a beautiful one. For one of a better phrase, took two fingers up to cancer, rung the bell in front of 9,000 fans. As a fan, it probably, as as, as setting moments go, it probably doesn't get as uh, as dramatic and as, as beautiful as that were. The only thing I can say on that, I mean, it's further on a bit like a more of a cliche, you could say. I mean, it's been used on social media to pretty much... Take take the take the mick really, but it's times like then when you the actual term hockey family actually comes together properly because you'll have fans from different teams actually applauding it because at the end of the day it's a it's a human being it's someone's mum 
at the end of the day, so all you want is to hear good news when you hear that someone's got cancer, because I think pretty much everyone can relate to someone in their family having the horrible disease that it is. And you don't want people to go through what you've been through. So it's a wonderful, wonderful news that she's sucked the two fingers up to cancer. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I'll move to my highlight, but I have to say, I think I think Andy's hit the nail on the head on the, on, on this one this time around. I think for me that that has to be the ultimate highlight of the Christmas period. Just the reception, obviously the news itself, it was just the whole thing. I, I think Andy, you've uh, you've knocked that one out of the park there, mate. I don't think there is a, there is any better highlight than that. Um, my highlight to go with something different is uh, is Brendan Connolly um, and it seems a little bit of a weird one to say at first because it was the ending of his point streak however um, seeing a player that particularly towards the start of the season may have had a bit of a slower start maybe have ended up on, on, on in the bad books of, of, of some of the fans of his team um, just from a specific point of um you know, the amount of penalties that he was taking and things like that. So for him to then go and put up a 21-point streak, it's it, it's unprecedented for a start, but it's just unreal. It, it, just a fantastic achievement. 21 games with a point. And, and, you know, unbelievable. And many of those were multi-point games. So I don't know what you guys think to that, but... No, I it was it was quite disappointing to see that he didn't get a goal in the in the last game to break that point streak. But at the same time, just step back and, and applaud yourself for that one, Brendan. Connolly. Fair play, any any player, any team that can go on a a point production run like that, um, you have to tip your cap and say well done. Um, we mentioned about teams going on winning streaks or point streaks. Um, in all leagues around the world, the NHL's had it this year, the Elite League has had it at some point. So when a player does it, it has to be as equally um, celebrated. Um, yeah, gets under people's skin, got on, has got under a lot of Sheffield fans' skin, and still has. But to do the running hat... While we're at this point. <laughs> well, I didn't want to mention Ben, but um, now we have done. Uh, but there, many, there have been many. You walk around and you hear the grumbles... Um, you go on Steel Talk, I don't know, I shouldn't do, but uh, you hear people complain about Connolly and, and all that. So for him to turn this game around, and in fairness, he has had a heck of a lot of crap from players targeting him to get the penalties, so it's not a complaint, but he's had it. He's ploughed through. Yes, he's winched a bit, but then again, if you're hacked, whacked and slashed as, as much as he is, you probably would winch as well. To go on the run of, of points he has, and he's helped the, the Steelers to go on an upward curve in terms of their results um, and has continued to contribute with consideration of their injury run. Um, you know, fair play, Brendan. Yeah, fair play to him. I mean, it shows that when he's not doing the, the stupid stuff, he can actually be a decent hockey player. I mean, he's definitely trying to put in a, a place there for like a claim to try and play for GB. Even if it's not the Olympic qualifiers, it's in Lausanne. Did he, he get picked? Did he qualify this year? He got selected for in the twenty. Is it the thirty-man squad before we went out to Kasicha, and then he got injured. 
Because there's a jersey on IHUK with his, no, his name and number on the back. I legit don't recall that, but I'll bow down to, to that one, mate. Wasn't Connolly the one who was need at the end of last season and he ended up injured at that point and that was why he couldn't play? Yep. If you remember, it was the back end of last season yes. he took a bad knee. And that was what he I just didn't recall him. I can't remember, my apologies, him, him yeah. being in consideration to Kasitsa. Um <laughs> Let's hope he can uh, do this, you know, if he, if he wants to uh, go for GB uh, call-up, he uh, gives himself the best possible chance. Yeah, certainly. It, it's incredible, you know, like, like you've all said, starting off the season, probably not uh, the sort of player we wanted uh, and expected. Uh, a few retaliation penalties led, led to, you know, not the, 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 the best sort of output for him. And yeah, you, you can understand retaliation, retaliation penalties, just just bad timing penalties, uh, do cost the team, and, and and I did do. And but since these injuries have happened a long time ago, uh, he he's just stepped up another gear, and he has he's gone with the flow, he's he's gone with it, and he's just you know, he's he stepped up well, and uh, and I mean. Almost the point per game is is amazing. You don't really see it as much in the league anymore, but he's great. And uh, yeah, he's sad, sad it's coming to an end, but you know, you stick a game at a time, and as soon as you get one point, you know, you go into the next game, get another, and then just just flows like that. But it'd be nice to you know have other players doing the same as well. You can't just rely on on one, on one guy to get these sort of streaks, but. The way that Sheffield are going now to have 140 odd goals for in January is, is crazy, absolutely crazy. Considering the injuries as well, you just it's unreal. So yeah, uh, absolutely chuffed for him. I think he's been fantastic recently, and is uh, to the next 21 games. I think he'll definitely still give his all. He'll, he'll still keep pushing and. Maybe we'll see another another street put together. Yeah, fingers crossed. It, it's quite baffling to see when you look at the stats. I mean, currently the top point scorer in the league is Sammy Hur. Um, but in the top four point scorers in the league, first is Hur, second is Connolly, third is DeLuca, and fourth is Valorant. So actually three players, like the three players from that top line in Sheffield are in the top four point scorers in the league. I think that goes to tell a big story about those 140 plus goals that Sheffield have put in. It does indeed, and also an honourable mention to DeLuca for a 7.9 uh, against the Storm on Boxing Day. Yeah, sorry, not sorry, Griff. He was in a promise. <laughs> are, you say, are you suggesting the puck was swiping right in the goal every time, mate? Definitely. And swiftly moving on from that. <laughs> Um, we move to the arrivals and departures section. We're back in the airport. Um, it's really quite baffling that we're having numerous arrivals and departures to discuss each week so far. I don't think we've had a single week where we've not mentioned arrivals and departures. And, and it's you know last last year there were a fair few weeks of oh there might be one or there's none. This year it's been multiple each week. It's bizarre. Um, 
we've got a few departures to start with. So I'm trying to work out who I'm going to go to first. Um, we'll go with Dave. Dave, there's been a departure in Belfast. Uh, there has indeed. Um, and Patrick Ronker, uh, a bit of a surprise that he uh, uh, departed the Giants. Uh, 24 games in the league, 4 plus 4. Um, in cup competition, so the CHL and the, the Challenge Cup, he was 2 plus 7. Um, and everyone was, was raving about him. He, he had speed he, in abundance. And it just it, it, it appears that it's very much um, the right signing at the wrong time. Um, any other season with some of the signings that Belfast had over the years, and he, he would be a humongous asset, never mind uh, what he is now. So I suppose in that respect, it's, it's a disappointment that he hasn't worked out. But everyone has not bad-mouthed him. You, you kind of sometimes get fans going, oh, you know, glad he's gone, blah, 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 blah. To a person, they've not criticised him. They've all been like, you know, good luck, you know, thanks for your time. Um, so that's kind of the... Uh, shows what type of person and player he were. He signed in France for Gap. Um, and I know we mentioned it before the call. Um, in five games, he already is at the same amount of goals as in 24 league games. Um, so... Um, says a lot about the, the French League at the moment, the uh, League Magnus. So, as about overall, um, Polish international, you know, everyone was excited by him with him playing for uh, Katowice in the Conti Cup in Belfast for the semi-final final. And it just didn't work out, sadly. So, um, you know, all the best to him in, in France. Yeah, he apparently asked for that move as well, to be released from his contract from Belfast going off what I was reading online. So, I mean, fair play to him. He's, it, it seems like he's, even though he was pretty much loved by the fans, I maybe it probably was one of those, you know, great player, but he just didn't think his game was suited to the British game. So, he, so fair play to him. I mean, got over to France, five Five games, five points. Shows how how the the French league is at the moment. I mean, shows how the how the possible national team would be as well. I mean, they've got Slovenia this year coming up in April, so I hope they enjoy that. I mean, we've got to get that out of there. Apparently, it's a nice part of the world as well. Apparently, cheap as well. Not as good as Switzerland though. I oh, know, only the best goal there. Bringing it back to Patrick Wonka. <laughs> I mean, from what when he was playing against Storm, he looked—he was a fast, skillful player. That's all he looked like. He properly had. It was fast. He got great with the with the puck. He was always putting out the the passes that were at the time just missing by probably like an inch or something, probably not even that. But fair, fair play to him for doing well over in the French League. Yeah, Patrick's a player who I thought would, you know, ignite the Giants this season. He'd really make a statement, but it just wasn't to be. Uh, like you said, just 
the wrong time for signing. I've, like, you know, me and me, Dave and Joe were saying on, on Tuesday uh, about these, these players coming from, you know, teams that are maybe not quite the biggest, but then you put them on the biggest team and they're just not quite the same player as, as they were on a team that was probably struggling. You know, uh, for example, Ryan Hayes a few years ago, come from Edinburgh, he was going left, right and centre, come to Steelers, come could barely do anything. Uh, you know, quite a few of those this season as well. So, yeah, just just not quite the right time. But definitely think Francis is, is a better fit for him. You've got players like like uh, Ricard Palmberg recently. Just you know, he's he's found another former level and uh, a few more on on that belt on that on that Giants team. So the you know they've, they've already got a lot of scorers and. Uh, Ronco just, just didn't quite fit in that goal scorer's sort of a category where that Belfast has, but if you put one on a team like Dundee or you know, or, or, or Manchester, it, it put more points and that's definitely what I believe. But yeah, just just wrong wrong time for his kind of time. Yeah, just a bit of a bizarre one. Um, I mean, I, you hit the nail on the head with that one, Andy, just just the you know, maybe he's been, he's been the standout player on a, on, a, on an underperforming team at times, uh, and he's gone to be, you know, uh, a little fish in a big pond rather than a big fish in a little pond. Um, I think ultimately, you know, you've got to face facts. At the end of the day, you take a pump whenever you sign a player to a team, whether they're a player that have got good stats, whether they're a player that haven't got the best stats. Nobody knows what that player is going to play like in the team that they go to. And to be fair, it just didn't look like Ronka found his fit in uh, in Belfast. Doesn't really surprise me that he asked for a trade. Um, Twenty four games in Belfast with eight points, a bit of a contrast to his previous season of fifty five points in forty one games in Katowice. Um, he's twenty four years old, and what he doesn't want to do is end up with what happened to Tanner Eberle last year, where he's getting paid under what he thinks he's worth because he's had an underperforming season. Um, so, you know, he's nipped it in the bud. He's done Belfast a favour uh, without sounding harsh. I mean, to be fair, he was, he was 14th in point scoring in, in Belfast. Um, and to be fair, looking at it, the only players that play forward on name are Kieran Long, Matt Pellich, who's obviously played mainly in defence. And, uh, you know, the rest of people are changing in and out or playing less games, playing different positions. It, yeah, I just it just didn't seem to fit in Belfast, and I think the change is probably the best for everybody involved. To be fair, uh, then we move to the next uh, change, which is let's have a look. We've got a change in Dundee, Andy, another departure. Yep, uh, Justin Mellon has left the Stars and has uh, joined Sunayuski in the Danish League. Also with Sunayuski playing in the Continental Cup this weekend. Already six points in five games. So you could tell, you know, similar to Toronto, just, just wasn't a, a, the right fit for Dundee. Uh, although they did pretty well. I mean, 18 points in 25 games is, is, is nothing bad with that at all. 
nothing about it at all. But uh, you know, just just thinking, the change wasn't um, we could do better. You know, with Sunday uh, being the position they are now, uh, thought he, he could do better elsewhere, and uh, he's certainly proven that so far. Six points in five games uh, is very good. Uh, player has also had good ECHL experience, a few, a few games in the AHL as well. So the EBL. So yeah, he was a good player for Dundee, but just you know, just folk could do better elsewhere, and and, and he's proven that so far. So uh, fair play to him. It's it's not the first time he's, he's played in Denmark either. So um, you you look at his his, his CV and, and where he's played and whatnot. He he doesn't seem to to settle at places, and maybe he just you know. You know his point production to 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 the games played wasn't that bad. Maybe he just couldn't settle in Dundee. Uh, you hear that numerous times, not just Dundee, but other type places, even Sheffield or Belfast or Cardiff, where they just can't settle and they they, they they can get somewhere where they know that they can be comfortable to do it. And this looks like this is the case with this one. Um, so yeah, it's uh, he's, he's gone to um, to a team that's going to be um, having a shot at the uh, the County Cup. Um, so, you know, all the best to him. It's very similar to the uh, the Ronka departure in respect of <clears throat> decent signing, but probably the wrong time. Oh, certainly, <clears throat> certainly, it does sound like that. I since I think before the the change, Dundee was even looking. They were looking like they were going a little bit downhill at the time. And not even challenging for a playoff spot. And then since the change, they brought in some new people to replace Malin, Pierce. It actually seems like it's given them a spark for the last six games they've won four. And they're now back in contention with fighting for that playoff spot. I mean, to be fair, with what? 25 games, 18 points. That's still pretty decent. Pretty good stats. Just might have been the wrong time for him. <laughs> probably settling in. I mean, fair play to him. He's actually... He stuck out for as long as he could. Because he was on a... He was on like a, a, uni, a uni course as well with University of Dundee. Which I think he's still doing. But obviously this is probably going to be online now. I mean, that would be a, a hell of a journey. To go from Denmark to, to Dundee each week. Listen to be doing that commute. I mean, that would be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange one um, in terms of his stats. As you, as you guys have said, 18, 18 points, 25 games is it's not too shoddy. Um He's the eighth, eighth top point scorer in Dundee. I suspect that Dundee just needed a bit of a shake-up as well, more than anything. I mean, they were sitting bottom of the league not long back. Um, you know, they needed to change something. Um, and looks looks to be Justin Malin. Um, as you say, he's gone over to play in Denmark now. It'll be interesting to see how he fares against the Panthers. Um, but yeah, to be fair, I don't really have much more to add uh, other than you know, point percentage, his point uh, contribution wasn't too bad, but, you know, it wasn't in that, in that top category of player. 
So you never know, he might have been one of the higher earners on the team. It may have just been a case that they needed to shake somebody up, they needed to shake the team up. You know, something that we're never really going to know, but as we say, just see how it goes for Dundee from there. Uh, the last departure that I have on my list, uh, I believe, is going to be Andy again. Uh, and it's for Glasgow. Yep, Scott Jacqueline has left Glasgow clan. Uh, what is described as on, on social media is uh, personal reasons. You know, uh, something's happened back home, so um, he's decided to leave. Not play many games either, only... 11 games and uh, 3 points since joining from Chamonix in France uh, yeah not much can really say on it I, I don't think he's you know he, he wasn't the sort of standout player he, he was brought in mainly because of the injuries to Matthew Waugh uh, and a few others but yeah nothing really to shout about from him so far but obviously it's for personal reasons we wish him all the best uh, I heard rumours somewhere that, that he was signing to another another elite league club, but um, don't, don't, don't I believe what that really was. So yeah, uh, all the best to him. Um, not too bad in the minus region, even a minus five. But yeah, nothing much to really say on him. Mm. Looking at his stats wise, he he looked like he was just getting into into like the flow of the, the British game, so it looked like he was just set finding his feet now in in Glasgow. Eleven games, three points. I think mean, I think he scored the weekend before he left. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. And I think I'll is all okay now back on and hopefully he can get back on the ice pretty soon for whoever he signs for it's uh he didn't look like for me he, he would pull up many trees if I'm honest um you know three points in 11 games minus five it it if it were to turn around it may have been not, probably not enough time and appreciate he started his uh, his season in, in France uh, like Andy said, he's returned for family reasons, hope everything's okay, and that's better. He'll probably sign in, in to a team in America, but at least he's close to home. Um, and I suppose it's, yeah, it's uh, one of the ones in the air. It may benefit Glasgow in the respect of they may bring a replacement who may do a bit more. Uh, who knows? Uh, but this is definitely... Uh, Maybe there may be a bit of a silver lining for this one for Glasgow. Um, I think there is a wait and see. Is the, um, it depends on who they bring in to replace. Yeah, there's not really much more that I can say on this, to be fair. Um, the only thing that I can say is, to be fair, I kind of did what he said on the tin, really. I mean, looking at his stats in, in France, his stats in, in Glasgow seem to pretty much mirror that. Three points in 17 games in, in France, minus six. 11, 11 games in Glasgow, three points, minus five. Um, we don't know whether he was brought in to be that kind of playmaker or that that, that gritty kind of player. He doesn't necessarily get on the point streak. Um, but, you know, 
as Dave says, maybe they're going to bring in somebody else to, to contribute. Um, and the use that he was brought in to replace Matthew Wah while he was injured. So to be fair, maybe it was a case that they don't need to replace him. Um, we'll have to see where Glasgow go from here. I mean, it looks like Glasgow currently need a bit of a shake-up. Uh, and this might kind of prompt them into having that shake-up as well. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, not, you know, as you said, David, he wasn't exactly a world-changing sign. He's not in a, a huge amount in Glasgow, but if he's leaving for personal reasons, as you guys have all said, we wish him well. And, uh, you know, we see what happens in Glasgow moving forward. Um, that's the last of the departures. We've got a couple of arrivals. Uh, the first one is um, you know, more of a migration than an international travel. Um, but, yeah, Griff, we've uh, we've had a change within the league uh, and an arrival in Belfast. We have indeed. We've got Elgin Pearce, who left Dundee. He's now gone over to Belfast. The announcement came, I think it was like a few days after it was announced by Dundee that he'd left and that Belfast had released Patrick Wonka. So it looks like Belfast have quickly gone and got someone to replace Wonka. I mean, looking at his stats by at the moment... Eight games, ten points. He's already coming up close to the points that total that he got in twenty-five games for Dundee. And he's on a instead of a minus twenty-one, he's on a plus six. It shows what kind of what kind of stats he can get when he's got a team that's obviously a bigger budget than Dundee. I mean, Dundee are doing pretty good on the the budget that they've got. I mean, Ash can work well with smaller budgets. He's proved that in Hull. Did that in Manchester and now he's doing it in Dundee. He's just well for it. I mean after eight games, four goals, six assists, pretty I think is probably his debut in a Belfast jersey wasn't was one to not remember. I think it was against Dundee when Dundee won. That was probably one he, he kind of wished didn't happen, but it did. Oh, well. <laughs> Full of sympathy tonight, aren't you, Griff? Oh, yeah. You know, the French first, now Elgin. Terrible. Um, he got revenge. Who has it? Elgin's going to have a seven-point game against Manchester now. Won't surprise me. <laughs> Won't surprise us either, first, mate. Um... Yeah, it, it looks like they've kind of kind of slightly changed in terms of Ronka and I've got a bit more grit, a bit more, a bit more a bit of a key for signing in terms of in his mould, but with the point production. Um, you listen to some of the um, the Belfast fans and, and when they announced the signing, it was a lot of, this could be an interesting signing, not because of the point production, but that it was the grip, the nastiness, the nigglety, um, the the rink rat, um, for want of a better phrase. Um, so it, it gives Belfast a bit of a dimension that has changed. Um, like you said, Graf, you know, he's already on ten points in eight games, on a plus six, where he was minus twenty one in his twenty five games. So could be the one that really sparks it up. Uh, I know we, they're, they're super sweet at the moment. He's really doing the damage for them. But a bit, bit of depth support 
could be the thing that Belfast was lacking and could be the signing in you know another 10 games that gets them slowly and possibly back in that title race. Yeah, it's a good move. Not going to that at all. Uh, Belfast, have, Belfast have really brought in a solid player. Again, someone for Dundee, just like Justin Maley had, had the same sort of point output. I think Justin also had 18 in 25. So, yeah, Dundee have lost another good player for them. So, it's going to be interesting to see if they can bring, it, bring anyone else in in their budget and uh, who they possibly will bring bring in. But Dundee's last is definitely Belfast gain. I mean, 10 points and 8 is, is great. Just shows what kind of player he is when he is on a on a pretty strong side. So, yeah, well done to him. And um, I think him him and the uh, on the Swede who I think we'll mention in a bit. Well, I'll mention him anyway because I mentioned him a, a bit ago. Uh, Ricard Palmberg. I, I think they had a bit of chemistry in the last few games together. So I I, I can I could just see his point output going going strength to strength and increasing. Game by game, so yeah, fantastic from Belfast to bring in bring him in from Dundee. Yeah, we were all baffled when he left Dundee. We all we all said how surprised we were and, and how you know we, we didn't think he was the type of player that we'd have got rid of. And to be fair, he's proven that in Belfast. Um, Ten points, eight games, as you say. The interesting thing is to see 18 points for Dundee in 25 games, but a minus 21. Um, so, you know, being on the ice for a fair few goals against, uh, he goes to Belfast in eight games, 10 points plus six. So, whether he's been relying upon a little bit less on the penalty kill or some things like that, we don't know. But, you know, 10, 10 points in eight games is uh, is certainly a good a good start to, to his time in Belfast. Um yeah, Belfast have made something to, to spark them up and Andy, you're bang on. I mean, Pierce putting some points on the board and, and Paul Berg finding the back of the net as well. Uh, a good duo to get Belfast back in the, back in the runnings. Uh, the last one on arrivals, and I have to apologise before we go into this because I can't really breathe, which is why I may sound a bit weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, the last signing in the league is Braylon Schmier. Um, first thing I did when I heard about this signing was double check to see if he was related to Ryan Schmier who played in Nottingham and uh, the answer is no oh he's certainly not a close relation anyway according to Elite Prospects but he played for two teams this year already uh, ECHL played 11 games for Norfolk Admirals uh, he then played 8 games in the ECHL for Jacksonville Icemen um, 90 games combined there 4 points uh, and now he's signed for Guildford. Uh, three games stint in the AHL with no points. Um, and in total in the ECHL, he's played uh, 92 games, 52 points, 0.57 points per game. So doesn't, if I'm honest, look like he's going to change the world in, Belf- in, in Belfast, in Guildford. Um, but sometimes it's the players that don't have the best stats that come in and make a difference. Uh, I certainly wouldn't rule him out as a potential difference maker to that team, but statistically, it's got to be said for the underwhelming. Yeah, it's a sign that 
when we when it was announced, you are like, you know, you look to obviously the resume, and you just go, why have Guildford signed him? You look at their squad and their roster and the, the talent that's stacked and the resumes that's stacked in that roster. He doesn't fit in to that team at all. Um, so it, it's. It's, it's, it's baffling, I won't lie. However, like you said, Joe, sometimes it's those that go under the radar are the ones who actually become the MVPs. Um, so, and Guildford obviously be hoping for that. I, I just, as I look at the resume and I look at his, everything about it, and nothing's screaming out saying, I can do this job, I can be the, you know, 40 goals a season type player. So, wait and see. I think that's the best we can say for that one. It also doesn't scream out a typical Guildford signing either. Sorry to jump back in, but no, that, I, that, I think that's the the most surprising thing out of it. You look at the players that Guildford have brought in over the last few seasons, and this is very, very different to what they usually bring in. Everything about this signing doesn't fit with Guildford. There's a few clubs in the Elite League it would fit. Guildford ain't one. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's shown that he, he had a bit of like a good goal-scoring potential when in his junior days, but then after his one good stint with the Allen Americans where he got 44 points in 64 games, he then just seems to have dropped off. He didn't get any goals for a good while then, and then just signing for Guildford, I mean... Maybe it could be like a one of those diamond in the rough type players where his game could probably suit the game over here much better than in the East Coast League. It's a strange one because yeah, it, it doesn't have the like, Guildford talk about him. Like when you see see signings from Guildford, you're thinking, oh yeah, you've actually been drafted in the NHL. Oh, oh yeah, you've played a very good amount in like some of the top leagues in Europe. With this one, it's like, hmm, okay. It's more, as you would say, a wait and see. If if not a good player in in North America, then you wouldn't get even even a breath at the AHL. But he's been loaned out to you know to see how he how he does. He's, he's not done. Uh, amazingly, even though he's done only played three games, uh, but since 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 then he's just not really, you know, found any sort of form at all. I mean, re- more recently he's he's got similar stats, especially for Norfolk Admirals in the uh, first part of this season. It's very similar to just Scott Jacqueline. Uh But as Greff said before that, absolutely amazing. One thing to note is that he is very young. He's, he's even he's even younger than Ronk. He's only, he's only 22 years old. Is is Braylon? So, you know, he's he's, he's got a, a long way to go. Uh, still a very young player. Nothing really screams that screams much uh, in terms of recent. But maybe it was brought in because of his speed to maybe ignite his other teammates around him. You know, to bring a, a bit of energy that they've not really got this this year. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's hard to say, but um, Guildford had to make a change, and 
I, I was saying this to Stephen Joe uh, last weekend. You know, the, they retain 90% of their roster. Bar uh, Eric Lindhagen, um, Mikael with Hammer, and Chris Carosi. So they, they, they've mainly got their team from last year, bar, bar three or four players. You can't really say, well, who's missing, you know, from this amazing Guildford team who made made the Challenge Cup final the, this year and they're not really playing very good hockey and, and you can't really pinpoint as to why that is so I think they do need some energy and signing a, a young speedy guy like like Brill and Schmier will maybe ignite his teammates and but we'll just have to see, see how he does but it is also his first stint outside North America so will this benefit him or will this be a bit difficult for him being away from home. Yeah, that's certainly going to be an interesting factor. Um, quite amusingly, on his Elite Prospects page, there's no uh, profile for him. Sometimes you obviously have a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a, uh, a bit of blurb about what the player's about, what 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 kind of the different parts of his game. Um, his actually says his place of birth was Calgary. However, in his profile section, it actually just says, moved to Calgary with his family when he was 10. So you think, thanks for telling me that on a hockey database website. That's really helpful. Um, That's what <laughs> you read towards the bottom. Say again. Have you read towards the bottom of the page? No, why? Player biographer. His sister, Courtney, is a Canada Games gold medal winner in the short track. Short track speed skating. Our brother Tyler is also a former elite speed skater who is now involved in mountain bike and BMX racing. Thanks for telling us. Brilliant. Again, <laughs> just what you want to hear on a hockey website. Um, yeah, uh, it, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what this guy's going to bring because, I mean, we, we said about Rickard Palmberg, to be fair, we weren't really particularly infatuated when he was signed, but to be fair, he's done a big, big thing in Belfast. So, as I say, sometimes it's the one that goes under the radar. They don't have that pressure, and that's the thing. You know, the players that come in with the big stats, like Martin St-Pierre, look at all of the the build-up and the anticipation to him coming to Sheffield, and then it fell flat. This this guy's got no pressure. You look at his stats, you don't go, this guy's going to bring a load of goals, this guy's going to bring the points. So if he comes in this season, plays 30 games and ends up putting 20 points on the board, I'd say that's a bit of, you know, I wouldn't say that's a shoddy result. Um, but we just have to wait and see. Um, that, I believe, brings the airport section to a close. Um, for now. So, for now, yeah. <laughs> Until next week. Um, anybody else really looking forward to the closure of the, uh, <laughs> the transfer window, the, uh, the signings period? <laughs> Waiting for that point yes. where we can't make any more signings. It's going to be interesting. Um, the next thing that I have on my agenda is just for us to discuss a bit about the Christmas period. Obviously, we had two or three weeks off. So, Dave, you suggested just... We kind of go through and, and decide who who we kind of think has come off best and worst in, in the Christmas period. Yeah, you know, you, 
like like you said, you know, we we had some time away, uh, many games played, many points won, and it's kind of just what do as a four, what do who do oh, sorry, who do we think is the team that has has won Christmas for one of a better phrase, and who's lost Christmas? Um, I would go not in nice list, but we've already done that. Um, there's no more room for them. So I just to throw it to your guys. Um, I don't know what you want to do, Joe. Do you want to go with the worst? We go with the worst and then end on the best one. We'll go with the worst. Isn't it? That F- finish, good. finish on a positive. End on the high. Yeah. Um, that sounds good. Uh, so, before we go to teams, though, I have to throw one thing into the worst column, which I didn't think about when we discussed this before. However, those elf jerseys that Glasgow wore. What on earth? Right. So I, I'm going to throw this to you. You you say elf jersey. I say the Manchester's winter classic ones. I think, I think that's I, I think they're worse. I say Dundee's nineties one. But they've not been worn yet. They are yet to be critiqued, shall we say. Um these and cr- critiqued they shall be. <laughs> oh yes they will. Um these two abominations have seen the ice. I, I'm I'm nudging have towards you know challenge cup. This is worse, mate. And you're and that's saying something. Um Yeah. Glasgow shirt is a smidgen better than the Winter Classic. It was, as Christmas shirts go, different. Uh, green shirt on a Glasgow team certainly um, irked some of the fan base. Um, yeah. Definitely a bold choice. Yes. Um, it very. It, Twitter was, a, as ever, a wonderful playground of opinion when that shirt was released. Um, but uh, I... Manchester shirt's the worst one. It's a good call, in fact. There's been a number of Christmas shirts, which is always good. It was nice to see all the different uh, festive jerseys that are uh, banded around. Let me just throw this in there. If we're talking about worst festive jerseys, and I have to say, for a start, do you not think that the Glasgow jerseys look like somebody's taken a picture of one of the uh, the Panthers green Challenge Cup jerseys, posted it on Instagram and turned the saturation up? <laughs> 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 but if we're talking about worst jerseys and this actually isn't a critique about a jersey it's more to do with the circumstances but if we're going to talk about Christmas jerseys good or bad what on earth happened in Nottingham against Coventry <laughs> whites uh, versus whites in terms it, of it, jersey colour what was, the it, hell it was like Santa delivered his presents early. Um, someone forgot to tell Coventry, you may need a darker jersey. Who thought it? You'd have thought, you know, we're going to have this light shirt, so let's work out... Oh, need to make sure the opposition doesn't wear the same colour. I'll do that afterwards. I'll remember. Never mind. Hoops did it again. I saw some people commenting on social media saying, um, like Panthers fans saying, oh, it's the Coventry kit man's fault. We announced these jerseys back in September. They should have known. We just think, yes, because what more is at the forefront of one of the opposition team's kit managers than, oh, is today the day that they're wearing those jerseys they announced three months ago? Just... Sorry, it's, it's notes to do with the away team. The full responsibility is on the home team. Stop trying to drop your shoulder and, t- and just take the responsibility. Of the- and in fairness to the guy, he had put his hands up and said, I screwed up. Um, I've already messaged Sheffield because they were the next team that they played to bring uh, wear the black jersey. I think they wore their Challenge Cup shirts. I think so, yeah. Um, so they did. So straight away it was like, right, I've messed up. 
I'll, I'll let Sheffield know. And it looked a lot better uh, on the New Year's Eve game um, in terms of you knew who was who. That shirt is up there, though, isn't it? It, it just, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it looked familiar. Do you know? Yes, it did. It did look familiar. Um, I just can't put my finger on it. And swiftly moving on. <laughs> no, I, I have to say, though, I, I agree with you. I think the worst has to be Manchester. But I, I do think, in terms of circumstance, that that oh, honorable, honorable mention, yes. Um, so in terms of the team who didn't win Christmas and got many um, a call in the stocking, uh, I'm going to throw Guildford into the mix for this one. Um, I know Fife have a, had a, a worse record than Guildford in terms of the fall over the five games, last five games, ten games. But realistically, Glasgow, sorry, not Glasgow, Guildford shouldn't really be in that position with the talent that they have that we already know. And I know we've briefly mentioned it. Um, and I just think Guildford really did just dip out at Christmas. Um, it was it would have been an opportunity, you know, um, to, to, to go on a run. Uh, for example, um, you know, do the hard work, win in Manchester and then lose to them the day after. Now, not, that's not a knock on Manchester as much as it's always good to do because of Gref. Um but you kind of you, you do the hard yards of winning away from home, bring the team you beat back to your place to lose. It's kind of that type of that shows just for me anyway um, how Guildford messed up this Christmas and uh, yeah they don't get nice presents this year or last year. What well, so is that? Is that just a double whammy? They're not having them on either. Well, if they do it again this year, definitely. <laughs> For me, the animal mention would be Guildford. With they're now eight eight points clear from five in ninth, two games in hand. But if it go, keeps going the way they're playing at the moment, it's not going to be a good season for them. I mean, the only team that's actually not scored as many goals as them is Manchester. Surprise, it's, surprise. It, it is like the fact that Gresham are having a passive-aggressive dig against his own team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know we're not that great, but we're still in a playoff spot for now, so it's great. For now. We'll chat at the end of March, later. We'll chat at the end of March, my friend. Definitely. Well, yeah, I'm going to go with Fife. What is Before the Christmas period. Uh, you know, I like to throw a curveball every now and again. <laughs> When's that? Graphic anti-Fife <laughs> shocker. I, I am flabbergasted. I'm glad I'm sat down. I know, it's a shocker for most people as well. Before like the Christmas period started, they were in like I think they were in like sixth place with a good few points ahead of ninth place, which was ourselves. And then they've just gone downhill. I mean I mean it's kinda of showing in the the stands as well, unfortunately, with them going pretty much downhill at 
the crowds that seem to be dying down a bit. So, thankfully, they've actually put out some some half decent like material for the game on Sunday against ourselves. So that should hopefully bring the crowd in. Fans will get behind the team, and then maybe they'll get a win. Hopefully, they don't. Apparently, it's, it's labelled as their biggest game of the season. I mean, I don't know what that means to Glasgow because they're in their, their rivals in inverted commas. Maybe it's an opportunity for them to show other people what to do because they don't get the opportunities. You know, like your guys sometimes forget to which end to go to at the end of the game. So, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for them to just to demonstrate their knowledge of the game of hockey. I don't know. As long as they don't waste any alcohol, it's fine. Never waste alcohol. You know what? I'm I'm with Grip on this. I'm going to say five as well. I mean, one win in the last ten. And six of those games, they've allowed more than five goals. Six of those games, which... You know, considering the 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 sound of a top goal in in Adam Morrison who has been great for them, he's been making making some great saves, been a regular appearance on the uh, top saves of the week, which should be the month, but never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just wouldn't expect it from a five side who, even though we've got a smaller budget compared to other teams in the league, and they delivered till pretty much the last day uh, for them to announce the last signing. Uh, they usually bring in players who not many people know about, but then they turn into real gems. And Like we saw last season with Paul Crowder putting the points up left, right and centre, doing fantastic. Uh, his, his brother Tim doing the same for Coventry. They bring the both together. And this team just can't seem to get going. And... Uh, yeah, you're just not sure why. If, if, if it's more of a defensive issue uh, or, or scoring issue, you know, it's difficult to say, but not being able to score that many goals in in, in last couple of games, barring the uh, Glasgow and 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 uh, Cardiff game. So it's it's hard to where that lies, but you know, it's, it's just isn't the same. Uh, Todd U team five team that we all know very well who, who surprise and bring the results out, out of absolutely nowhere so there's definitely a few changes that need that need to be made whether they'll bring in more players is yet to be seen or whether they'll just wait till the season's finished and, and then rebuild from there but um, yeah it's going to be interesting yeah I'm going to throw one more team in more as an honourable mention. We we talked about this before we started recording, and I think we were all of the agreement that these aren't certainly aren't in the mix for the worst team coming out of out of the Christmas period. However, Cardiff have got to have a mention at some point in this discussion. Uh, I mean, the twenty second of December, they played Manchester and won by a goal, three two. Boxing Day, they play Guildford and narrowly won on a shootout 2-1. 28th, they play Guildford again, narrowly won 5-4. The 31st of New Year's Eve, they play Coventry and narrowly won 
And, and that was a sign of the way things were going to go because they're on New Year's Day, 5 0 loss to Coventry. Um, the 4th of Jan, 4 1 loss to Manchester. They're two teams that Cardiff should be winning. And if Cardiff are wanting to be in the title race, they need to be winning games like that. Um, and then they played five, threw away a couple of goals, lead, went to 4 4. Um, they won 6 4, you know, in the end, but realistically, uh, I think the last one was an empty net. Yeah. So realistically, a 5-4 game. Um, close. So are the wheels falling off a bit in Cardiff? Are they having a bit of a difficult Christmas period? Who knows? Um, ultimately, not really in the mix with, with Guildford and, and Fife. Uh, ten possible points. They still come out with six in the last five games. So not in that same mix, but I think worth a mention. Um, for me, it's got to be five. And, and the deciding factor for me for it being five is the fact that they've dropped to now be bottom of the league and out of the uh, the playoff running uh, currently. Uh, oh, sorry, not bottom of the league, ninth of the league. Um, but Dundee have got a oh no, they've got a game in hand on Dundee. Scratch that. Um, yeah, ninth of the league, There's but out of the playoff running. Say again. There's only a point between them at the moment. Yeah, only a point between them. They've now dropped out of the playoff. Uh, bracket obviously plenty of games left to play but a serious downfall in five recently so my vote goes for five that would look like we have a majority for the, the boys from Kokoda which will please Gref <laughs> always but I'm, I'm with you Joe in the in respect of the honourable mention for Cardiff um, and like you say if they want to win a title they're the games that you've got to win Um and they're struggling, and they've lost games. So, I think interesting times. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of changes are made before the transfer deadline in Cardiff. Yeah. Because as much as Andrew Lord has been, I'm part of the pun, but lauded for maintaining his very huge core of players and getting them playing again to some people already calling him potential coach of the year for that reason alone, different argument, different day, um, he'll not be happy with how Christmas has gone. They've got points, but by skin of the teeth. Maybe the run in the CHLs took more out of them than they expected. And their kind of form really did dip and has gone back and forth since the Frelunda games, where they were you know, given an education, which is no shame against such a good team before any kind of fans get upset. Um, maybe it's that just caused that they really did get hammered and it's kind of just really knocked them back for six. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I mean, we looked at their um, their running towards the end of the season as well, Dave, and uh, we did. That's, that's their a, average. It's a brutal running. <laughs> Horrendous. If, the last if, five or six weeks of the league, they're averaging at least three games a week. If they win anything in the league this year, they've got to, not only have we got to to win all the games, but it's the the crunched up sort of three games in six days type scenario. And they, that, if they do that, you just go fair play because that's a grueling schedule that they have. Um, they along along with Sheffield and Nottingham and I think Glasgow uh, have missed the weekend in February for the Olympic qualifiers. So it's, they, they're going to find playing a lot of Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday type stuff. Um, but moving on from the, the teams who lost Christmas to teams who won Christmas, who, who did really well. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw it to Andy, if I may, uh, and for his nomination for that. 
Well, there's only one team I can really go with, considering just the amount of injuries. I think the last game against Glasgow was the only game in the God knows how, how many that we're not picked up an injury from it. Uh, so considering that, and, and the last 12 games, Sheffield have only lost one. And that was a 3-2 loss to Nottingham in overtime. So it's what an incredible run that is, firstly. You know, massive losses with uh, Bellaran being out, Dow being out, O'Connor being out, Tower being out. There's been so many players throughout the last 30 odd games, really. That month, just... month and a half of that clutch of, of, of injuries. Yeah. It's. It's weird to say because last year we were saying, well, well this is this is the worst we've seen injuries be. And now 2019, 20 seasons come along, I said, oh my dear, and it's gotten worse than I can remember it before, even from last year. We've had that in, in terms of Sheffield, have had that type of thing for the last few years. Um, since I think it was Tomo's second last year, the injury list and, and, and continuation of, of Ballinger's has, has been horrific, and it's just got worse every year. Uh, that may be something for for another podcast to, to look into because you know it's not by luck where you have that type of of injury run every year. Um, but uh, no, that's a fair shout, Gref. What do you reckon? See, for me, I'm going to say Nottingham. I mean, Is that just because you didn't want to say Sheffield? Of course. I'm still bitter about the 7-0. It still hurts. Len Goodman says hi, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at the, their last eight games, they've lost one. And that was on New Year's Eve, which was a free sport game, I think I think it was, against you guys, 3-2. And they pulled off some decent wins. I mean, they've, they've beat Coventry twice, 4-3, 5-4, beat Dundee, 6-1, 3-2. Beat you guys, 3-2, for their first win in I don't know how long, in your rink. And then beating Dundee again 5-4. And then obviously beating us last weekend 3-0. They've, considering the start of the season they had, they're actually climbing further up the table now to where you would have thought they would have been at the start. So they're now only like, what, seven points behind you guys with two games in hand. They're definitely going to be pushing for at least a good playoff spot. Maybe even a title chance if you guys slip up at one point. I reckon it's a difficult one to say. Um, I think you've got to look at Nottingham for a start and look at the position they were in at the start of the season. Uh, They had fans boycotting games at the start of the season because of how poorly they were playing. And um, credit to Guy Desette and Tim Wallace in that one to pull out uh, Jake Hansen and Julian Talbot. And all of a sudden, that seems to have given the team a serious spark. Um, and the, the, it's, it's night and day, uh, the difference between the, the, the former part of their season and the latter part of their season to date. Um, yeah, 
I would I'd consider them to be in the, in the top couple. The one significant difference that I would say is, for a start, the Steelers came out with three out of four points against Nottingham in the Christmas period. Um, but also just, I think you... The, the Steelers have had a point in every game of their last five, um, just just going on the Elite League. I think, what did you say, Andy? 12? They've only lost one in the last 12. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So they've come out with 23 points in the last possible 24 which is unbelievable considering the amount of injuries. Um, so for me, without wanting to sound like a homer, um, it's got to be Sheffield just for that reason alone. Um, and, and they're not small injuries either that they've suffered. Um, Aaron Johnson, you know, Robert Dowd, Ben O'Connor, uh, Ben O'Connor more recently, but... You know, we're talking some pretty significant injury. Valorand was out for um, a lot of the Christmas period. You know, and they've they've done they've done well. They've done well. Um, it's been good to see as a Steelers fan, but I think as a whole, you have to take a step back and see statistically, twenty three points from a possible twenty four is, you know, nobody's beaten that. Statistically, they are the best team across the Christmas period. Um. Just before we move on from that, because we mentioned the injuries to the Steelers, um, you guys are saying, can't remember the last time that we saw injuries like that. Try being a Penguins fan at the same time as being a Steelers fan. Um, Because we seem to be having parallel seasons, even down to the extent of a week and a half after Robert Dow goes off and has emergency soldier surgery because of an injury sustained in the game, Jake Gensel does the exact same thing. It's 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 really quite spooky how parallel these two seasons are running for the Penguins and the Steelers. Yeah, and yet the Penguins as well doing really well, considering just like just like the Steelers are. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and, it's unreal. And two cities renowned for their steel industries. Yeah. Um, just to throw my winners into the mix, the, the two that's mentioned are the ones. It's I I lean towards Sheffield not because of Michelle it's the injuries and the run they have. Um, Joe, like you said about the, the turnaround from the Panthers has been remarkable. It's night and day um, to where they were. So they've, they've given themselves a chance. I think they've got a lot more to do and I think the Continental Cup may harm that, but they've, they've done certainly a superb job over Christmas. Another team, as an honourable mention, we did it for the bad one, we'll do it for the good one, the Dundee Stars. Seven points out of ten um, in the last five games, um, with a few changes back and forth for what they've had in the roster. They've done well out of Christmas. I think they've uh, Santa's been good to them. Santa has been good to them. To be fair, we, you know, they're still bottom of the league. They're still, you know, down there. But I think that's, that's right, isn't it? They're, they're bottom of the league, aren't they? I've I've closed my uh, my tab down with the standings, but you know they're still down at the, 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 the you know if not the bottom of the league, they're still down in the bottom few. Um, but they're clawing their way back. Um, yeah. They brought back that gap. There was a considerable gap between tenth and ninth in the league, and now there's not. Now there's, there's a, a two, point. It's a two point gap between tenth and eighth, but eighth has a game in hand. I think ninth has a game in hand on Dundee as well, don't they? They do, yeah. So, but clawing that gap bit by bit, um, 
you know, Sheffield weren't in too dissimilar a situation last year. Um, they were clawing to get a, a playoff spot and they clawed their way up slowly. You know, if Dundee take it game by game and they carry on, you know, it's, it's entirely believable. And as you say, the form they've been on over Christmas, you could see it happening. Um, one last thing to mention while we're talking about the Christmas period and uh, we've alluded to it a couple of times already but without talking in any great detail but um, I think it really has to be mentioned and I think it has to be mentioned if nothing else for the fact that all four of us talked about how underwhelming a signing Ricard Palmberg was for the Belfast Giants Um, and He's currently 10 points in eight games <laughs> and really has been a difference maker in Belfast. So he really, really has, as many teams do every week when we do predictions, but he really has proven us wrong. I think the best we came out with was it's wait and see he may do something. I don't think hand on heart any of us thought he'd go on the type of run, goal and points that he has done. I certainly like that he's making a, a huge difference to the Giants. Um, and uh, good on him. Um, I'll hope it all continues. Not this Friday, sorry to say, um, but uh, I hope he carries on with the form. Yeah. Um, you know, last season playing for uh, for Timra in, in the SHL, doing very, very well. 31 points in 46. But starting the season uh, in the Czech League for Berani Jlin, uh, two points in 11. I think that kind of threw us off a bit. You know, the Czech League, you'd think he'd, he'd be putting up points everywhere, especially considering the season they had before in Timra, you know. Uh, but this is going to Belfast. He's, he's been an absolute gem. He's, he's, he's been incredible, uh, you know. Since being teamed up with uh, Elgin Pierce as well, you know, both of them just been outstanding together, and uh, you know, what well, absolute gem. But as, as Dave said, I hope, I hope he doesn't get anything out of the game on Friday. It's fair to say that he's answered Belfast SOS in terms of goals needed. Definitely. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of it all, the winner takes it all. So we're just gonna have to see what happens. <sighs> And here we go. Yes. <laughs> Mamma mia, we're at it again. <laughs> if I'd have known this, we were going to end up like this, we'd have prepped this properly. Found the most obscure ABBA songs. The silence is really definite. It's like a real shameful silence, isn't it? It's a shameful silence, isn't it? Is that because you're trying to think of, of Mamma Mia puns? I was going to say he's actually just Googling uh, Abbasol <laughs> right now. <laughs> Alexa, do we have Mamma Mia Come on, Gref. You, you, you can do better than this. You, you, you are you, regularly. You are our super trooper. Come on, Gref. Put your teeth back in. Oh, sorry. It's been difficult, that. <laughs> I must have missed that other song. <laughs> but knowing me, knowing you, you've probably got it right. Uh... 
Oh Loki, dear. Loki was rescued, didn't it, there? Oh dear. Uh, we're going to end up facing our Waterloo in a minute before we move on. And swiftly moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Griff. Give me, give me, give me an answer to what you think about Rickard Palmberg. <laughs> I'm not even going to go with any puns with that. <laughs> I have a dream that you would do. Griff, is it you've got to give an input. It's the name of the game. Come on. All I can say is. I'll, going off social media, a lot of Belfast fans will be. I mean, I'm not too sure if it's that kind of fans or it's the actual fans' fans. But he, looking at his highlights from when he got a hat trick, they were some pretty decent goals. So yeah, he does seem like he's answered the SOS there. Oh no, that's 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 cheap. You've you've reused Dave. I mean, that, well, that, okay, uh, I've done it. Um, I've never been more disappointed. When all when all when all and done, Greg, expect better. Sneak that from me. <laughs> I'm not even bothered. We, we've stopped looking at you with angel eyes now, Greg. That was just horrendous. <laughs> you just look at me with heart eyes, Joe. <laughs> I'd say that they, they, they took a chance on uh, on on him, didn't they? Oh, they're gonna but does your mother know that you're so poor at trying to fit in other puns? It's good you've only got a brother called Fernando, isn't it? He's a super trooper, isn't he? We've already used that. Oh, and he struck out too. Is <laughs> <laughs> he covered now, though? First time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Slipping through my fingers this podcast, I'll tell you now. That's the name of the game. Again, we've used it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Come on, Joe. It's 2020. New year, new podcast. We, we should be better than this. Right, yeah, I've been for you. I don't think anybody's going to disagree that Rickard Palmberg has turned up in Belfast and said, "Watch, I'm going to show you that you can lay all your love on me." Steering I love my life. <laughs> well, let's just hope at the end of the season he doesn't be their dancing queen. It's all about the money, 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 isn't it? There we go. The way old friends do. <laughs> Day before I, 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 I heard that when he got to Belfast, Adam Keefe said, do you want to become a fan favourite? He said, I do, I do, I do, I do. Oh, dear me. Was that guys, guys, guys I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this online. I have a dream that this podcast gets better. You've, uh, you've, uh, you, you've, re- you've reused one there, mate. Have we, have we, how did I have a dream? Yeah, I said I have a dream. Then I apologise, I didn't recall that. I'm still throwing it in there, um, you know, because, you know, I mean, yeah, end of the day, one of us was going to use it, so. That's, yeah, true. Swiftly swiftly getting back onto it on track. Greg, what do you think to Rick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I mean, I've already mentioned it. I think he's actually proved us wrong, which teams do. On a regular basis, anyway, with our predictions. I mean, I hope he actually scores a hat trick against you guys. Um, is it today? Considering it's ten to one. It's be like that, Griff. I mean, someone's got to do it. Hopefully, it would have been us, but you know, it's not going to happen. Like, not in your barn, anyway. Not in your barn anymore. That curse is gone now. Yeah. Uh, Men v boys. Men v boys. All the possession. 
Yeah. Yeah, you rats. Yeah. To be fair, Griff, we can't oh, tell man. what we do win a game in your barn because the video looks like it's being recorded on a potato. Potato. <laughs> <laughs> and again, moving swiftly on. <laughs> So keeping on with the uh, the continental European theme, that is the ABBA references. Um, Dave, I'm going to throw it over to you to be your favourite part of the podcast now. Um, we, of course, have some European tournaments to discuss. It's very full of you, uh, Joseph, European tournaments. Um, so, yeah, the CHL, we're at the semi-final stage, um, all leading towards the grand final. Um that's usually what happens in a tournament. It is indeed. Um, just you know, to surprise people in case they weren't aware. So we um, weren't a good day for the home teams. Um, Diergarden lost to Mountfield 3-1. And Frelunda lost to Lelia 3-2. Um, I, I'm, I'm gobsmacked about that Mountfield one still want to be in the competition um, after a couple of years ago when they threw their toys out the pram when they lost to Nottingham. Um, and uh, next week is the second leg of the semi-final. I think you can't call either because I think Dugardin will hit Mountfield hard and unless they can fill their barn, which they haven't done ever in the CHL, they could be a bit of an interesting one in, in Mountfield and you'd have the second Czech, potentially the second Czech team to make the CHL final after Sparta Prague did it a couple of years ago. Lulia Fralunda, interesting time. Uh, as much as they play each other like in the SHL, this, this second leg is a fixture that Fralunda will have been waiting for a few years since they lost to Lulia in Lulia in the first CHL final. The chance for revenge and redemption. Um, yes, they've had three CHL trophies, but to knock Lulia out, to carry on the defence of the trophy, I think they'll be up for that. And I, you wouldn't bet against Fralunda once again Going into the second leg on a deficit and pulling it back. Um, and they've done it home and away. So it's not like well, they've relied on going back to, to Gothenburg and, and pulling it out. So next week, two semifinals. They potentially are cracking fixtures. Um, if I had to put my money on the, the finalists, and I'll open this one, two, three guys, I'm going to go for London Mountfield. I'm going to go full under Joe Garden. I think full under Joe Garden, but only just after overtime. Uh, as much as I, I could see Mountfield going through, it's, you know, it's... Andy, you've stole Dave's line there. I'm I'm the one who calls games in overtime, mate, not you. Oh, sorry. You should be. Well, I thought we might have time. Um, yeah, just just a quick one on um, on Mountfield. The form so far of uh, Marek Mazanic in in this CHL has been incredible. Um, very good goalie. Let's try and get his stats up now. In in terms of league play, I mean he's been incredible. Point nine one three save percentage. Uh, 2.19 goals against average in 32 games so very very good player and I think it's been a lot of a difference for, for Mountfield Joe who you, who you calling for the final I don't know I've been, I'm in two minds to say Lulia 
but at the same time, I just I, I couldn't I wouldn't put any money on Flunder uh, not making the final. I think I'm going to go Flunder, uh, and I'm going to say Dugarden. So an all Swedish final. Which I don't want an all Swedish final to be honest. I think it would be more interesting to be a to have Mountfield, but I just it's my gut feeling. Um, be repeat of the SHL final from last year. Um, I'm presuming by that you mean for London Deer Garden and not just the fact that they're both Swedish teams because generally yes. it's SHL. Yeah, I, I meant for London Deer Garden, <laughs> yes. Um, it's like I'm just, so, um, normally they put out the, the stats and I haven't found them yet as to who hosts the final because um, it's obviously based on a points system or how you've done throughout the, the tournament. Um, so I think... Obviously, well, obviously next week when we do the next podcast, we'll know who will be hosting the, the CHL final. Um, and we move from the CHL to the Conti Cup, um, which is not this the challenge. Weekend. Not the Challenge Cup. Um, and Guildford not involved, so it can't be the Challenge Cup, mate. Um, uh, but Denmark will host the, the Continental Cup Super Final. Um, Sondersika, uh, Krakow, Grodno of Belarus, and the Nottingham Panthers are all baying for a place in the CHL, should they win it, and the CHL have confirmed whoever wins that will get the CHL spot. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, since Nottingham last won it, the final has got dif- has got more difficult as the years of, of the last four years have gone on. Um, three years, my apologies. Um, Sheffield found it with Unost and Astana. Uh, Belfast had it with Kukshetu and I think this one's nearly as difficult but I think the rarity of the fixtures because normally the host team will, will play the final game each day if the schedule's correct Sondersiki will play the first game on the Sunday so they play Friday, Saturday, Sunday and they play the first game so the final game which is normally the who will win the group type fixture it's always been the way of the WHF is Nottingham Grodno now we were talking before we did the call, I think that is the game that decides who wins the Continental Cup. Um, and, you know, I mean, there's a separate discussion after, do we, who, do we want the Panthers to win? But I think Nottingham have as realistic a chance to win, um, even though that group is definitely a lot more difficult than when they did win the Continental Cup um, in Renom. Yes. What do, you, what do you guys think? It's difficult to call. Um, I think you're right, as you say. The uh, the finals have got more difficult. Minsk was something else, um, and to be fair, I've, I've done a bad job in the CHL the last couple of years. Um, it really is hard to say. I mean, ultimately, three games. Um, you know points in three games and, and he, he could be there but I honestly couldn't call it I think I think Nottingham have got a decent chance and if Sam Hur carries on um, in the way that he has been 
then, you know, they've certainly got a chance. They've got two strong netties. I mean, Kevin Carr is currently the statistically the best netminder in the Elite League at the moment with the best goals against average, I think, if that's not changed. Uh, and obviously, they've got Jackson Whistle as well as a second goalie. So, you know, oh, no, sorry, goals against average is now Stephen Murphy, but he's got the best save percentage at 92.25%. Um, Jackson Whistle, obviously, is a second netty. So, they're well backed up between the pipes. They've got a decent, you know, their captain's firing on all cylinders domestically at the moment. But, you know, I think I think Nottingham are going into this in a pretty good place, but it's going to be it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one to call. It's. I do think they're probably going to be the two teams that are going to be fighting out for to, to win it with the Panthers and Grenoble. I part of me wants to say Panthers for one reason, an extra CHL spot for the for the Elite League always does well. But then part of me thinks they may fall at the final hurdle. But then it might be like the heartbreak that Belfast had last year where he went into Pellet shootout and they lost on it. Could go either way. It'd be a tough one to call fuller. Uh, as you've all said, it's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, in terms of each team's respective leagues, uh, Nottingham have the best form. But at the end of the day, that, that could mean nothing. Uh, uh, but God, no, they've, they've lost the last two uh, fixtures against UNOST. So, I, I think Nottingham can do it. I, I, think, I think they've got the, the right form, the right confidence. Uh, they're all playing well. Kevin Carr has been outstanding. Backstopping very well. Sam Hare, incredible. Uh, so, in terms of the chemistry and the form of Nottingham, I, I can see them doing it. And also, Nottingham are the number one ranked team in this group, which is rare you get the British team top ranked in the final group. So, um, all to play for. I think if you are wanting to watch, I think there's a YouTube stream um, via the Nottingham Panthers social media. So, if you are wanting to watch that... Um, Go find their uh, their social media streams and say tomorrow night's their first game against Sondersik. Um I think it's six o'clock UK time. Guess I'm going. Guess I've just got a quick look at the times. So maybe maybe. But do check the Panthers social media for the correct face of times and, and the links to listen. Um, I know uh, Chris Ellis is over doing commentary. Um, and yeah. Um, can can they make another Cornell Cup win for the Panthers? I agree with Griff. I hope so, just to get another CHL spot. Oh, I'll throw this out there next. I've seen a mixture of opinions on Twitter, as you usually do. Um, I've seen some people saying that they support the Panthers, despite the fact they're not Panthers fans, because they're a British team. Played in a European tournament, blah, blah, blah. I've seen other people saying 
oh, I still want them to get absolutely hammered. Don't want them to get anything. I want them to injure all the players and it to affect the domestic player, whatever. Two ends of the spectrum. What I know what you're all going to say, but what do we all think? From a Sheffield perspective, I hope they do go on to do very well and win it, but if it affects their domestic campaign, then uh, from a purely selfish perspective, I think that would be the greatest um, outcome. However, um, I am and I've been consistent in wanting more places for the British teams in the CHL. If it means the Panthers having one of them, hate your phrase, but for the greater good, so be it. Um, do you know, let them have something to gloat. Um, you know, if they were to win it, good for them. Who cares in that respect? Um, but I, I, as a, not just a Steelers fan, but a British hockey fan, I want to see two teams from Britain in the CHL. I don't want to see one team. I don't want to see the Cardiff Devils have a season just them. I don't want to see uh, the Panthers at it before with just them in the CHL. I want it when it was Sheffield Brayhead at the time, Cardiff Belfast. I want to see that on a regular basis. You know, everyone's saying that, you know, the British teams and the British leagues don't deserve these spots. Well, if our teams are actually doing the business, we've got one guaranteed spot. And if we can earn the second spot, crack on, boys, and let's have two teams in, this, in the CHL next season. Yeah, from my perspective, I think two teams, CHL, it's a wonderful thing. It does wonders for the league. It gets it more hyped up. You get more people looking into it. You get better players, which in turn brings a better product to the game. Also helps for the the British development to play against some of the best players that are in Europe that you may not actually play at all if you if for example say GB stay up this year or they go down you don't know who you're going to play against you may not ever play against a team like that again players of that calibre it's it's just a good thing for a, a British team to have so we can have two teams there be brilliant I mean, I'd be happy if, say, for example, Panthers did win it. They got in the CHL and then they got a team all four of us wanted to watch, like Frolunda or Red Bull Munich or something like that. It'd be great. Or even the greatest team ever, Klagenfurt. Or Frisgaska. You know, got to give those two honourable mentions. Or Tapera. Yeah, Tapera as well. All so many good clubs. Honourable mentions to those. It's the night of honourable mentions, isn't it? Definitely. <laughs> Can't forget Carpat either. Carpat. Carpat. The, the comment about their players, you wanting them to get injured, it's just silly. You never want to see a player get injured. I, Even I if get you really dislike that player so much. I've seen some people that have said it and other people comment back to them and say, oh, I hope such and such gets injured. Oh, why do you want them to get injured? And I've seen people going tit for tat and when they say it, saying, oh, no, I'm not actually being serious. I want them to get injured and that type of thing. But I just think it's a daft thing to say. As you say, it's not good to see any player get injured. Um, whether it's said in jest, whether it's said seriously, I just think it's it's just a bit 
thoughtless in that respect. You just don't want to see a player get injured. It's done. Full stop. I just I disagree with all you. I hope I get pummeled. I'm kidding. Of course I want to see. <laughs> <I wanna see. laughs> Have some cake, Candy. At least you tried. <laughs> Steve Harvey trick there. I I want to see Nottingham do well. I mean, like Dave said, you know, if if they if we do it, then maybe it will affect the league form. It only be good for us. But I want two places in this CHL. Call me a selfish British hockey fan if you want. But Andy, you're a selfish British hockey fan. I'm a selfish individual and I stand and so by am I. At, least, least at, least so you're honest. at least you're honest but yeah I want two places in the CHL in the future I want more than two places in the CHL I mean why not why wouldn't you you want to give you know the sport in Britain you know, a good a good establishment out there because you know you, you think of you think of Britain and England as, as, a, as a football country, but you, know, you, you want to show the world what you can do hockey-wise because we have got a, a, a pretty decent league. We've got some good players playing in, the, in this league. And, you know, you want to show what we've got to the rest of the world. Do you, want, do you want the fixture Fife versus Frölunda at Kokoda? How amazing yes. would that be? <laughs> Coming in on a uh, private jet. <laughs> Um, but no and it's right for me and it's you know Britain and sport in European competitions that it brings the best out of sporting teams you look at and I'm rattling my head rugby union and teams have won the the Heineken Cup or the Champions Cup whatever it's called now uh, Bath Saracens that will do well at winning in in Europe and and even in I'm I'm looking at under Greffia for a minute even basketball back in the day there was the odd good run by teams in whatever the competition was called then. Um, so, yeah, um, European competition for British teams just brings the best. It's, it's a bit romantic as well, you know, doing well out in Europe against uh, your, 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 your comparative teams in, in different leagues. Um, yeah, I mean, the only reason we can't have more than two is because of the competition rules where the founding teams get more and we're still a challenging nation. I think until the rankings change, but with current GB performances... And more, you know, if we get two teams on a regular basis in the CHL, that may change. We may bump up to the sixth. I think we're eighth. I think there's only Belarus that's above us. Remember, says right. I think it's only Belarus that's, in terms of league rankings for the CHL purposes. I think it's only Belarus that's above us. So, you know, we're doing something. Uh, Cardiff have gained wins. Belfast got wins. And in previous years, Nottingham and Sheffield have got wins. And, and Brayhead, as it were. So, yeah. You know. Just, just get it done, Nottingham, and we'll, we'll, we'll mention it no more, and we'll just take two spots next year. End of. Yeah, fully agree. <laughs> fully agree. Um, I suspect that a lot of the people coming out with the comments of I want them to get hammered are the same people that say they don't see why we want to take part in the CHL. Um, just, I just think it's, it's narrow-minded. I miss that argument. They're probably the ones It'll that come shout up shoot. Today, I'm, sure. I'm sure it will do. Sorry, Gref. They're probably the ones that shout shoot all the time. And moving swiftly on. Um, <laughs> so, Don't totally forget, boys and girls, on. it's all about hockey family. But, yeah, I, I just think he's now reminded. You look at the good that 
like GB doing as they have in the world, that the ability and, and the the strength that we've shown in the CHL and the progression that we've shown in the CHL. And you look at the difference that's made to some of the signings in our league. That alone should be a prompt for you to want to be a part of this competition. And if you want Britain as a, as a nation to be part of this competition, then by proxy, you should want whichever team from the Elite League to have a chance of getting another position in that in that tournament. If that means secretly supporting the team that you actually hate in domestic competition, so be it. But I just think it's no reminder to say, oh, I want them to get hammered and I don't care about the fact that it's it's a, a European tournament. Okay, well let's let's make British hockey look poor because you know we don't want an opposition team to look good. Yeah. Get in the bin. Um, speaking of things to get in the bin <laughs> the next thing on the agenda uh, is atmosphere and um, there's been a lot of stuff about atmosphere uh, on Twitter on Facebook on forums um, in our messenger chat <laughs> gents uh, I'm not even going to give any any real prologue to this or any explanation I'm not going to explain either side. I'm just going to throw it out to you guys and see what we come up with. Atmosphere is awful. Atmosphere hockey games are awful. Change your mind. It's terrible. It's awful. It's 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 that's all you hear. Um, and it's it's you know, it's literally every other message on any platform of social media. It's oh, atmosphere is poor. Oh, it was a library. It was this or the other. Now this is someone who used to many years ago used to take a drum to games and, and bang it ridiculously out of time out of tune but a lot younger um in my defense there are two arguments to this you go to games and you you watch it however the hell you want and you know what that's fine you know there'll be some games i want to go and i'll i'll sing my heart out um they do at the moment tend to be more gb games abroad but you know there's several games well i'll be one try and be one of the loudest to sing but there'll be some games where you know i just want to watch the game I just wanted to watch it all. And neither's wrong. Um, neither is wrong is if you sit in a block um, and you attempt to create atmosphere. And I use the word attempt not in a derogatory sense. Let me be, let me be clear about that. It's not a, a, a derogatory term, attempt. But you, you see it now, obviously, Chef, you've got uh, Rock the Block, you've got Boomerang Corner, you've got Block 19. I think you've got Block 13 now in Cardiff. Um, with their one chant. Uh, you've got the two guys in Manchester, uh, Section N in Glasgow. You've got all these areas who try and get an atmosphere going. Some days it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and I just think, why, we, why do people complain if people don't want to get involved? In I'll throw one thing out there, though. It's difficult to get people to buy into your atmospheric attempts. Um, um, when you are actually calling out people for being a library, I think that is where you kind of lose any gumption. Um, so I, I just think if you want atmosphere, 
and arm around people to get them involved is a lot better than shouting and screaming, it's a library, oh, it's a library. Because people are just going to go, do you know what, crack on and read your book. Hopefully it's a good book. You see a lot on social media, just because the team's not performing well on that one one period. Oh, you should be cheering all the time. It's like, but then the people that are are in that are the drummers, you like, yeah, they're trying to get chants going, but you're just sat there reading the program, not even bothering. Just to clarify, is the program a good book or a bad book? Depends. What's it about? It's about ABBA songs. You can actually get some good books about the history of ABBA. <laughs> it's on all good, all good book sites. Sorry, <laughs> how has that even become a comment on the podcast? <laughs> I think we've just received a name for episode 54. <laughs> Some good books on other. <laughs> Brought to you by audible.com. Which Rock we're not sponsored by, by the way. <laughs> there are other services that provide audiobooks available on the market. Well, if you like, Gref will come round and read you anyway. <laughs> Let's read you a story. <laughs> Oh, it does it cost you a fiver to my just giving page. And a Chinese takeaway. Of course. <laughs> Sorry, that was implied, was it? Yeah. I mean, it's in the T- T's and C's that you don't really read. But swiftly moving back on. Atmosphere. Atmosphere. <laughs> Is that what people are reading in the games? Are they reading the T's and C's? <laughs> Probably. In in terms of a Sheffield point of view, um, last three games have been amazing. You know, we've had 8,000 Boxing Day and New Year's Day, uh, and then just the week gone by, 9,000, you know. Uh, it's not been like that since, since 1995 so uh, credit to the club for bringing that many people in I hope that um, it's able to continue league wide as well um, in terms of the whole atmosphere thing for me it it depends what sort of things you say when as a group when you're not uh, banging a drum and, um, and chanting uh, the things that you come out with, if, if if they're a bit strange, then obviously you're going to get a, a bit of a um, block on you. But no, uh, for me, because in 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 she- in, in Sheffield, you know, the, the whole rock the block thing, for me, it's not central enough to the whole arena. Uh, I think it it should be, you know, it should be placed near the White House so it's it can be heard around. The whole arena, not just particularly one side, because I know sometimes the acoustics in in that place can be a bit, uh, a bit uh, t- timed out, shall I say, or, or or not in time. So, yeah, but a few years ago, I, I can remember there was this uh, lo- lovely lad, really, really, really nice lad, uh, 
think I think had autism. Really, really good lad. He he had, he had his own drum and and he, he was he was banging along and everything and it, it was fantastic. You know, everyone was getting involved in White House side, but uh, I've not seen him for quite a while, which is a massive shame because I've, does he does he sit so does he sit around like one one ten one ten? Yeah, my apologies. One one one, I think it was. You see that around, I know the, who, around the back I, of the neck. I, I, I know who you're on about, and he's yeah. such a smash, smashing line. He's a, fantastic, isn't he? Great story about him many years ago uh, in Cardiff, uh, about his drum as well, but sorry. Um, go on, carry on. All right. Um, but yeah, I've, I've not seen him for a while, and, and like I said, it's a shame because he, he brought you know, uh, the atmosphere to that particular sort of side. Uh, but, you know, because of the... Like I said, the acoustics. I think maybe it was just not as as heard as you know, been able to hear him as, as much from that side. But yeah, you know, it's one of those things. But maybe you know, if they can be you know sort of moved to more central, maybe they'll get more of a response throughout the whole the whole arena. But yeah, it's it's great to see. You know, uh, not just Sheffield, like they've said, Boomerang Corner in Belfast. Block 13 uh, in, in Cardiff. It's, it's great to see this. Don't uh, forget to of, mention the rest of Cardiff, otherwise oh, we'll have to write Sorry, the rest of Cardiff as well. Block 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 and 12. You're all great. Um, <laughs> what about what about Block 14 and 15 onwards? Oh, I forgot about them. Didn't, just, yeah, they have this block is block spiraling block. towards statement a statement, Andy. This is spiraling towards a statement. <laughs> but I'll say one quickly about Cardiff. I think their block is the, probably the only one out of all the elite league teams, will have a block in the best position, which has to be behind the net. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. How good would it be if you got a fan curve in Sheffield or Nottingham, but behind the net? So that whole bottom section behind the net was a was a temporary stand-in area, like in Europe. Oh, yeah. uh, how good would that be with the flags and the drums and everything else? And the seats ripped out on a proper terrace. Yeah. 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 And a bar right behind it. You know, there's many uh, modern arenas that now have that in Europe. Uh, yeah, two in Prague being one of them. It does indeed, yes. That is one of them. Um, and I know the many in Germany are, are uh, safe standing um, areas. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, how good would it be? Can you imagine that? But I'll be honest with you, people who want atmosphere and they watch games in Europe, they'd, they'd probably lose their mind. Because some of the atmospheres out there are... A different level, and I know me and Graf have been lucky to to witness the Hungarians um, and the Slovakians uh, with the national side. Me, Joe, and Andy. Obviously, we had the Salzburg drum that you could feel a million miles away. Jesus, um, yeah. this, this, that's the level of atmosphere where there's some fans would aspire to have in, in British hockey, but I tell you now, it's never going to happen, sadly, because there'll be someone who will always complain. And I, 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 when I say the following, it's truthful. Someone complained about a drum being banged, and their response was, "It's a family sport. You shouldn't bang a drum." I kid you not. That was a legit line used. When you're up against that, and yeah, you know, clearly not thinking about the children. Not thinking about the children, but you know, the the people who do to bring the drums in, they put a lot of time and effort in. Um, you know, take aside the end product, but they put the time and effort in. You know, and you you you. When you do that type of investment, you want it to be good. You want it to be productive. I think some people in the different clubs see Europe and go, wow, we should have this. Why can't we? And it's never going to be that way, sadly. But I'd love it. That'd be amazing. 
you know, you imagine behind the net in Sheffield, or mm. maybe even if Manchester had, you know, the behind the, the net and had some fans there, um, and, and made had a new arena and well, or back in the team. old days, back in the old days at the MEN, um, whichever side of the shot twice at, imagine the whole that bottom section just full of the flags and everything about. That would have been block 109. So, all I, all I can say is, pretty much, for the ones that don't like the atmosphere, if you've got tickets for any GB games, you're going to probably have one of the worst experiences of your life, because that's probably the best times to have the amazing atmosphere, especially if it's against the host nation, or even when we're playing like, like against Hungary. They're probably like the best atmospheres going that I've ever witnessed. Literally, bottom bottom ball tier behind the goal they were shooting at, everyone was stood up, and it was the whole game, and they never stopped, and, and it was just deafening. The only time they were quiet was like fifteen point six seconds in the third period. Roughly, yeah. Don't know why. Damn you, Robert Farmer. Um, but now. If if people want atmosphere and they want people to get involved, I think they need to have a bit more of a arm round the shoulder and get people involved. Um, kick the rubbish off and singing about it. You're in a library. Put it in the bin. Move on. Or if, uh, if, I, you, don't like, if, you, don't, if you don't like atmosphere, go to the BDO World Darts Championships, which are happening, which I currently take. <laughs> but I, I'm... Uh, Go on, Joe, sorry. I think I think he's a bit of both, really, isn't it? I think part of the issue is a lot of people have been slating, well, a lot of people slated Sheffield for the fact that we had big, big attendances over the Christmas period and a lot of games, it was pretty, pretty quiet in the arena. And I think as a whole, in terms of the setup and attendances and things like that, Sheffield have obviously got probably the best opportunity to create an atmosphere in that arena in that in that building and it it has been pretty poor particularly over the christmas period whatever reason that is it's not it's not wrong to say that that atmosphere has been poor and it should have been loud and that's not for the want of trying of, of certain cohorts of fans it, it, it just it, it is what it is but the flip side is, and there's been a lot of pushback to this as well, is the fact that if people want to spend money on a ticket for a hockey game and sit there and watch the game and clap when we score a goal and not join in with chants and make noise and blah, 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 if they just want to sit there, they paid the money. And and, and it goes it goes in line with what you said, David. It's the, it's the putting a shoulder around and, and encouraging to join in, not the... Trying to twist their arm and and you know coerce them into doing it. it. If people want to sit there quietly, as as stupid as it sounds and as poor as an atmosphere as it may be, they're entitled to. And I think that's I think that's part of the issue is there's there's too much of this then forceful. Oh, what are you doing at a hockey game? You're not making noise, and it's like just calm down, chill. There are people in the building that want to make noise. And I just think this. I think in Sheffield, for a start, there's so many factors. Andy, you're bang on. I think rock the blocker in the wrong place. Oh, they are. Um, if they want to pick a side of the arena rather than be behind the net, 
the side that they'd have been better with. Um, there used to be a third drums. You used to have Rotter Block. You used to have the um, the kid that used to sit behind the goal. There used to be a third drum um, that only used to really bang when the team was coming on the ice and things like that. And that was right above the tunnel where the, t- yeah, the team came out. Yeah. Um... And being right above the tunnel, it seemed to project the sound of the drum. And that was, you could hear that drum wherever you were in the building. But, all, but I mean, I said this to you, Dave, the other day. I, th- I think if we were really committed to making an atmosphere in the building, we'd need to spread the drums out across and literally have it so that when one drum can hear the other drums, then they all join in. I'd say what I'd like what? them to do, because a lot of people picked up on this, is because of the way they, they came back from the ice, because obviously when Sue did the, the ringing of the bell, the drummers were down there, and, and rightfully so, they actually was around the concourse drumming songs to get going and actually it picked up a little bit of an atmosphere so i would yeah. if i was them i'd be like you know what screw this let's beginning of the period no certain part of the period start walking around the concourse do that then go back up to the place and and, and, and see what comes off from there but i think if you, you get it, sort of the the drum from central because like andy said where they are they do they, you know, they fail it's, it's gonna fail a bit because of it's poor placing and you move it anywhere else, and the one thing that says, why my block? Every time. Um, you know, when it started in 2-1-3, a lot of, why are you in my block? Mm. Well, hang on a minute, mate. You don't own the damn block. But you get that opposition all the time. Um, it's that militancy from the fan base. It is, yeah. To, I, think. Very, I, think that's, I mean, you've got to bear in mind that we're, we're on about creating an, an atmosphere in a building where we can't even turn the music up because the pensioners in the crowd want to talk to the friend. You know, that's never going to be a good foundation yeah. to then build a good atmosphere on. And as much as they have the right to talk to friends, they also don't have the right to say, "I don't want it loud because I want to talk." Well, you know, you you also have to find the happy medium as well as everyone else. Um, but you know, for me, I'd say you know, don't be, don't chant and try and be sarcastic. Sarcasm rarely wins. Um, sar- the lowest or- form of wit. It, it, it's more likely to get people's back up and against yeah. what you're trying to achieve. So I'm going to throw a question that could be controversial, but I'm going to go with it. What's the more offensive in terms of atmosphere? Um, what's more offensive? Sitting down during the National Anthem oh. or doctoring the words to the National Anthem? And I know this happens at other clubs, so this is not just aimed at one club in particular in terms of their fans. I know other clubs' fans do this. So I'm throwing that as a question, as a generic question. What's more offensive? I don't like either. Happening oh. equally is bad. Yeah. What's that? Both, both of them don't sit good with me. So what do you say, Neil? Because you kind of both at the same time. They're equally as bad as each other. I think we should have some pride in our country, and I know that I know the fact that the the national anthem is 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 aimed at the monarchy rather than the country, but the monarchy still represent the country. Yes, they're unelected, but it's not really relevant. It's still a, it's still still a signal of having pride in your own country. Um, you you go to an uh, you go to a game overseas, you go to an American game, Dave. You'll have seen this in the MSG and at the Barclays when when the Star Spangled Banner is playing 90% of the fan base in that arena are singing along yeah and you look in um, Detroit Detroit a, a few games ago 
Um, the, the microphone for the singer from the National Anthem cut out and the entire building carried it on. And you couldn't even tell that the singer wasn't carrying on because no, the entire yeah. building just carried it. And, it. and it was the Canadian Anthem as well, yeah. weren't it? Um, it was, yeah. Um, but I know like in Edmonton, they'll have very similar where they'll start a few words and then the crowd takes over. But I'm going to yeah. throw this in terms of the pride in, in singing your anthem because yourself, myself and Andy know this from Denmark and Gref, yeah. we've had this many times. What is the best sound you'll ever hear on foreign soil? Your own anthem. Your own, your own anthem. <laughs> and, you know, all four of us in separate scenarios have belted it out with absolute pride. Um, I, I've no issue per se with the sitting down per se um, preferably stand up and there are people you know, close friends who do sit down but I don't have that per se I, I'm, I've a friend discussed this in, in Kashitsa and they mm. tweak it to support their club team and they tweak the words and I'm like no that's, that's wrong full stop you know, they're the words don't try and doctor it you're not sounding clever you're sounding like an idiot um, I went back, the argument back and forth, and he actually ended up stopping it. Um, I think the first season, first month of the season, he was like, "Yeah, I thought about that." Um, but they're, they're the words, you know. If you want to sing it, sing the bloody words. You know? Can I just say about, as well? It's not about singing for the for, for Queen Elizabeth. It's not about singing for her. You know, yes, it's about the family, like you've mentioned. But it's it's, our, it's, it's the United Kingdom anthem. I'll be very careful how we phrase that because obviously uh, uh, some of us on this podcast listen to and, and, and more attached to other anthems within the uh, the the aisles. Um, but that's the one that represents the United Kingdom. The flag of the red, white, blue. That's the anthem that represents us. Sing it, the words. How we are. For me, that's people change the words. I think it's more offensive. I'll say as well, you say about sitting down or standing up, I think what's worse than not standing up is when people don't take the hats off. Yeah. That just annoys me and I don't even know it's, really it's not, There's no rhyme or reason for it, is there? It's not, like, it's not like a logic behind sing anthem must take your hat off or have your head bare for one of a better phrase. There's no, there's yeah. no rhyme or reason, but it's kind of protocol, tradition as it were. Yeah, I understand sitting down if obviously you were, you were you were elderly or disabled. I totally understand that, so I would have a problem with that if if you were that. Just throwing that, that out there. Don't wanna. Yeah, no, I yeah, I definitely yeah reiterate that. Sure. Um, coming back round to atmosphere, there's one thing that I'm, I'm sure you will all agree with me on. Um, and and case in point. New Year's Day against the Panthers. 2-1 to the Panthers. The building is going mental. It's loud. Everybody's chanting because everybody felt that a goal was coming. And it, it was almost like the closer we got to a goal, the louder it got. And the louder it got, the closer we got to a goal. And it just, it, it, we just piggybacked each other. And the noise in that arena before we scored was immense. Yes, it had been quiet for the majority of the game. Actually, to be fair, performance-wise, not really a lot to chant about until the last 10 minutes of the game, but not important, that's by the by. 
10 minutes to go in that game, we score, and the whole place is going bananas for five minutes. All of a sudden, before we can pop in a second, and Sweet Caroline's played. And the atmosphere died to death. Why, at that point, when you've got an arena that is constantly loud, chanting, going mad, piggybacking the team to drive for that goal, would you play any music? Why would you not just let the let the fans carry the noise? The only but time I, nothing sorry, else. Why play Sweet Caroline? The only music you'd have, and it doesn't have to be rock music. It doesn't have to be EDM music. But the the slab of music you use has to be quite high pace. It gets the blood going. You see it in North America a lot, where you know, like the last five minutes of the home team's behind, and and you, they they put the slabs of music on. It gets everyone going. Um, mm. They use the Dumbertrone, you know, to kind of nudge, you know, poke the bear in the cage to make noise. But that's the only music you have. It would be amazing if it was just ten minutes. All you heard was goal announcements, penalty announcements, last two minutes of play. If all you heard was that, and it was literally the the, the, the crowd en masse just constantly making noise. After that second goal, I've never heard that arena so loud. That arena yeah. was, it was deafening. And I, I tell a tale of, of when I was over the Olympic qualifiers in 2013 in Latvia, and when they scored the goal, I physically had to move. I was like, what on earth is going off here? It was, the noise was that deafening. The arena was louder than that. They just... You just—it was like you were saying—it was a build-up. You know, they got closer, the crowd got more involved, and the crowd got more involved. They were getting closer, and that second goal, just the atmosphere burst, but it burst into a—it spread, and just—it was just wow. It was just—it was amazing to have yeah. that actual moment where Sheffield is known to be quiet, but that's you know two minutes where the atmosphere was just off the charts. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, sweet Caroline. Um, how shall we phrase this? Um, person X likes the song, and it'll not stop using that song will not stop be used until Person X stops liking it. Unfortunately, we're doomed with that abomination of a song at a sporting venue, at a party. I'll sing it on karaoke, not a problem. You have I exactly because I get stitched up many times. Um, but not a sporting venue. That and Baby Shark. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I have to say, we create, we we did a poll on this at the start of December. Um, and we actually said, which is a worse song to hear, Baby Shark or Sweet Caroline? Now, the poll itself ended up with 625 votes. 76% of people voted that Baby Shark was the worst thing to hear at a hockey game. Um. I'm not trying to say that we've had any influence. <laughs> um, wouldn't even remotely suggest that, actually. But I don't recall hearing it at the last few games. Good. Yeah. Long and I hope that continues. Yeah. Yes. Can't confirm. Yes. But yes, it's a I hate the I hate the phrase family sport. But yes, it's a positive thing that fam that that parents and families can feel comfortable to take their kids to a game and and feel like they can just take them there they can enjoy themselves they can have a good time great 
you know, the, the worst, the one, the one thing we don't want for the sport of hockey is for people to feel like they can't go because they've got kids and it's not a friendly atmosphere to take the kids to. That that's not in any way like ideal. And the fact that people can feel at home to take the kids and have a good time as a family is is brilliant. That doesn't mean that we have to make the arena like a crash. Yes, great. All the kids love Baby Shark. It's a sporting event. And you can't honestly tell me that Baby Shark fits into a venue where in two minutes' time, two blokes at six foot three could smash the crap out of each other and sit five minutes down each and go and carry on playing the game. It's it's just the most anticlimactic thing. Tell me how you get atmosphere from five thousand people clapping their hands in the in the form of a shark. How? Oh, we clap. Well, people clap at chance. Oh, let's do it like a shark. No, let's not do it like a shark. You know, what about like a tortoise or a manatee? Let's have a different animal. If we're gonna get it stupid, let's go whole hog. You said manatee, and now all I can think is that video of the manatee winking the true. <laughs> no, that creates an atmosphere. Um, it's, again, it's. I have no issue. Uh, again, we're saying this in very much the examples of Sheffield. Other clubs will have the similar problems, may not be as extreme. They've done a lot of work with getting the Jumbotron linked with the song and, and kind of linked in with Steeler Down and everything. And I think that's great. Don't get me wrong. But it's not a, right, we have to use it. We've done this. Yeah. Let's use it. Let's use it. There's, Let's use it. There's nah. one other thing that Stop. really grates on me with the way that Steelers use the Jumbotron. And it's these... You know, they've started these videos this year of, like, Steeler Dan dancing to certain songs. Yeah. And, and some of them I have no issues with. But there's one of them, and I can't think what song it is, but there's a caption behind him when he's dancing to the song, and the caption says, Booyah. That's yeah, the name of the song. I... It's what? That's the name of the song. Oh, fair play. Well, there so you go. So you're saying for Joker and the Thief, and it says Joker and the Thief behind it. Yeah, I noticed, that, I noticed that he does it for Joker and the Thief, but I'd not appreciate that was the name of the song, but still... Either way, they dance something time with the music. Well, that's, yeah, that is also true. But the bit that does me in the most is, to me, like, I don't know, I just I feel like it's quite a ridiculous thing to put on the screen when you're down in a game, like, a couple of goals, and the next minute it says, booyah, on the screen. <laughs> it's just a bit like, okay, now... I, I don't know. I just find it. I find it cheesy anyway. But just particularly when you're down in a game, it's just yeah. To, to answer your initial question, Joe, with the whole letting them rot the block by the drums instead of playing the music, is, that reiterates to what I said about them not being central enough. For the yeah. White House. Oh yeah, them. fully agree, mate. Yeah, and fully also, agree. they're not central enough in the arena, and they're too high because yeah. a lot of the noise gets caught up in the rafters above them. Whereas yeah. if they were lower down, the noise would project outwards rather than upwards. Yeah, and and also what in regards to the scoreboard and things, what I've done in for other teams uh, like Nottingham, Belfast, done it. It's obviously like crowd noise meter. Like their sims make some noise and it's a crowd meter, and you have, have to do in North America. That get the crowd going, and and also uh, again like Nottingham do, in, instead of announcing the whole player's name, uh, letting the crowd. You know, say so the surname. surname. Yeah. That's a very European thing. A lot yeah. of European countries do that. 
Um, I think that'd be great. The yeah, golden, can, uh, the golden knights. Sorry, sorry, Joe. So, Joe, go on. No, I was, I was going to say the, the golden. When, when you say about the crowd meter and things like that, and uh, I mean the golden knights in their games, and and a lot of people across the NHL, I, I, I've heard before we went, have said that like the the, the atmosphere in, in Vegas when it's pumping is one of the best atmospheres in the NHL, and they do minimal to get it going. But they put videos up in of, of a large majority of the, the breaks in play. Do you know, like NHL as a whole, that Dave, you'll you'll agree on this. Is you don't really realise it when you watch it on TV, but NHL as a whole don't really chant during no. the game. But it, I, I, I don't know what it was like in New York, but in Vegas, in, in every other break in play, they just put something on the board on the on the drum that said "Make noise." They'd have a video or something like that, and then at the end of it, it'd say "Make noise," and the place erupted. Yeah, there was uh, New York was very similar. Um, apart from you had, um, there were more chants, there were equal number of chants about a player who played for their rivals. 40 odd years ago than well, let's go Rangers chance um, and it's one that the all oh, the whole arena gets involved in still bitter Rangers fans um, lows in that series uh, but it's rare you get any kind of spontaneous chance like you do in Europe yeah. uh, you don't get it it's although um, some clubs have tried it the Islanders do and sitting next to them it's yeah they, they try um, in fairness they do actually do some of the football chants uh, and question what actions the referees do shall we say um, so when you hear that hockey match you're like well, that's not what I'm expecting to hear but they don't it's very much Jumbotron led they say people do if anybody's, if nobody's got any anything else about an atmosphere, just before we move on, um, one yeah, of the sorry, things I, that I will I, say I, I is... I was going to mention as well. Um, I, I try looking for a song, I, I can't remember the song. Uh, but again, particularly in North America, they, they'll play a, a certain well-known song and they'll, they'll, drown, they'll drown the chorus out and let the, the crowd sing it. Like, do it at playoffs now, and that's fantastic. We should do it more often in, in, in league. We just don't encourage fan interaction enough. We don't. I'm going to... This is this insistence on getting people to chant to everything. I, I think that's what it is. There's not enough encouragement from the people with the microphones, and that's across the league, mixed with the people that make the noise want to coerce the people that don't make the noise into making noise. So you've kind of got it coming from both ends of the spectrum in that the people with the influence aren't doing enough and the people that try and make the noise are trying to do too much I think we just need to find that middle ground and it'll naturally occur exactly the, the song in North America they play in the NHL is called My Own Worst Enemy, Enemy by Lit they play that and the, the whole crowd is just singing it every single person sing it every game it's amazing good song to be fair yeah Never, I don't recall hearing it but uh, just to go back on to the idea of saying the same thing, can you imagine can you imagine the R block alone struggling when they go Marek Transinski? Yeah. Good point. More importantly, can you imagine if we ever signed Luca Kuntu? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I I would have that kid's name on the back of my shirt. 
The legend that is. If there's Greff's gonna buy a Sheffield shirt just to have that on the back of his shirt. I chant his name. There's so many things to say right now. You'd buy the shirt. Brilliant. Look, I had something else to add about atmosphere and I can't remember what it was now. It's completely gone out of my head. No, it's gone. Fair enough. Um Anybody else, anything else to add on this? Are we, we we happy to move on? I think we've done it to death. I think we've done it to death for now. Yeah. As we said, con- we told you we've got a contentious issue to discuss. Um, <laughs> the next thing that I have, and oh my God, what an abomination it is. What an utter abomination it is. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you can quite possibly guess what it's going to be if you have seen it. Because I certainly don't want to hear that way. Because that video <laughs> is horrific. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a high. <laughs> Just. <sighs> is it now number it five in the charts? Good... You are. Is it now number five in the charts? <laughs> <laughs> I love the bringing the Brooklyn Nine Nine references. <laughs> We've seen some decent attempts among some poorer attempts, but we've seen some decent attempts generally at some kind of lip sync video. So obviously the Steelers had it with Rockstar by Nickelback. The Giants had the Christmas one. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Kevin Bollybrook did one on his own um, of him dressed as Britney Spears. <laughs> Um, and it was to um, was it hit me baby one more time I think it was to and it was for Mike Blaisdell's um, testimonial and at the end of it he says oh congrats on your testimonial Blazer and then it's just really bizarre it's on it's on the Benron YouTube page I'll, I'll find a I'll find a link and I'll, I'll post it um, it's not necessarily the best lip sync but it's hilarious um but no, I mean, the two that stick to mind are the Steelers' Rockstar and Belfast Christmas 2 were, were two particularly good lip-sync ones, and production-wise were really good. Hoffman in an elf suit. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. what more do you need? But I I just don't even know where to start with this, Dundee. Well, for a start, they weren't even really lip-syncing, because half the time it didn't look like they knew the words. They weren't opening their mouths enough to actually look like they were singing. Half the time I had to concentrate to figure out who was the one that was supposed to be singing. Um, the only bit where they opened their mouths enough was the tell me why bit, because I'm presuming they got the grasp of the lyrics by the time they finished it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Someone's definitely not a fan. And then you just look at the production, and I know... I say, to take an example... The way that the Steelers did Rockstar, they brought the sponsors in, they brought every player in, they split it across loads of different locations. So they had it at Bradfield Brewery, they had it at Ron's Tinsley Transcaf, um, they had it at the arena, they had it here, there and everywhere. They had all the sponsors involved. It was oh, it was a well. really good production from start to finish. Casino. This literally looked like five people thought, oh, we'll take them in, we'll put five stars jerseys on and have a laugh around the rink. It was just like... Ugh. I don't even have words. I don't even know what to say. Even partway part through the video, you see someone in like a red tracksuit that is trying to go past 
in the rink. Yeah. And then they realised, but they still kept that in. It clearly, yeah, we've got budget for one shot, and that's it. Um, I mean, they did it last year, so it's part of their themed evening. Last year, they did the 80s, which I thought was a successful thing. Mm. Um, I know Andy and Joe doesn't. Um, Sorry, Dave, I'm uh, I'm too young to to, uh, to be able to relate to that. You go to Pop World, you go to Ref- you've been to Reflex before, you understand. This year, they've gone for the 90s, and um, they failed. I'm sorry. Um, the shirt, the, the video. I like the idea that they're having fun and, and they're doing something with it. That I do like. But last year's do was it better. Last year's was hilarious. That was, that was spot on. Um, in fact, I don't think they were much yeah, no, lip syncing. They weren't even lip lip syncing. Matt Marquardt had the big boom box in, yes. in last year's, wasn't they it? Were yeah, just, that uh, was they actually just had funny. The props. They just uh, they had the wham fancy dress. They went to town on it. Um, maybe they should have gone to town this year and upgraded on what they had. I don't know. Uh, well, what they should have done this year was have left gone. town. Should have gone to Pop World. They should have gone to Pop World, yeah. <laughs> no, but do you know what it legitimately looks like? It looks like they've forgotten about it, and then all of a sudden they've gone, oh, bugger, last year we did this. We said we were going to do it this year. Oh, what should we do? Oh, we'll just pick a song from the 90s and just half arse our way through it. Like... Which last done. year included most of the players for the majority of it and things like that. Just what they should have done is really like got like instead of picking Backstreet Boys, done like Spice Girls and dressed up as the Spice Girls on ice. Yeah, that would have been funny. That, that would have been, been, been hilarious. It also I mean, doesn't help that the best version of Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way, was featured on Brooklyn Nine Nine. True. Always will be. <laughs> I think the only plus point of the whole video was the uh, the, the, the subtle reference to uh, to Letterkenny, uh, the the program. Uh, that is it. Uh, no, the only plus point to the video was the fact that at the top of my web browser there was a little X that closed the window down and stops me from having to watch it anymore. If that's what you have to do to quickly get rid of videos that you watch on the internet, Joe, then fair play. Please don't tell me why. <laughs> Lines out of the gutter. <laughs> no, but legit, no, legit though. I, I have swore my hands up and say I haven't actually watched it all the way through because I couldn't bear to watch it, any more of it. It is, it's, it's a bad one. Ten out of ten for effort, but that's the only time they get more than one. The rest no, I, dis- I disagree. Ten out of ten. No, they, they, they put effort in. The players did. Really? They did. <laughs> It's part of the contract to put effort in. Come on. If that's the them effort putting effort in, I struggle to imagine what they would come up with if they didn't. Imagine what the effort they'd put in if they did want to be, as in the Spice Girl song. This is the point where we announced that we're going to do a My Fancy Zamboni lip sync. and uh... <laughs> what, was it, what was it you said, Griff? Spice Girls? Yeah, spice up your life. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm feeling like we've talked about having kind of my fancy Zamboni fundraising ideas, well, maybe, and I'm starting maybe, to feel like maybe we my fancy Zamboni lip sync Spice Girls thing has got to well, become well, a thing. Well, maybe now. we should do an ABBA one. We, we use it enough times on the podcast. That's true. Get a couple of bomb wigs, we'll be fine. We're well, Josie Mother right. now. 
If you ask him, I'll see you. Brilliant. Well played. Are we, um, are we happy that we've satisfactorily um, <laughs> criticised the Dundee video enough? No. <laughs> yes, Joe. Sound. Um, whilst I'm on a rant, we might as well talk about another rant because the next thing on my agenda is not elite league based, but it's and it's not something I'm going to talk about too much. I'm conscious we're already over the two hour mark. Um, however, this is the first podcast back since this happened, and we wouldn't be doing the hockey world justice if it wasn't mentioned. We got a Tortorella rant after Fuck a it. fair break from a Tortorella run and this time he's up to his game <laughs> no, no, well, not to mention the fact that he got himself slapped with a 20 grand fine um, but I think I think if anything else it's important to remind ourselves as to what happened because every single game in the Elite League at the moment we hear criticisms of the referees and we hear people posting the referee before every game and saying, oh, we might as well not turn up and all oh, the referees are rubbish. In the NHL, in overtime, when a too many men penalty was called, the clock wound down for a good two seconds. The bench asked for the clock to be put back. Um, the bench asked for the clock to be put back. The referee said no. They asked for it to be taken to Toronto. The referee said no. The referee consulted with the timekeeper, still decided not to put the clock back. Two seconds doesn't seem like a massive amount of time until you consider the fact that this was in overtime and a fraction of a second after the buzzer went, the Columbus Blue Jackets scored a goal. The Columbus Blue Jackets then went to lose in the shootout and lost their goalie to injury in the shootout, which shouldn't have taken place if the referee had wound the clock back two seconds. What Tortorella then did was completely flip his lid. <laughs> um, but what do we think to it? Because it, it's just a very bizarre circumstance. So for me, um, the Tortorella run should <laughs> be um, in the Hall of Fame, like with an Ovechkin one-timer from his, his office, it's up there with the greatest things you want to see in ice hockey. Um, but in terms of this whole incident, um, I think one of the areas that's been missed by the league, and they could have done it easily, and to borrow one of your favourite phrases, Joe, without throwing the referees under the bus, um, they could have, in the decision, they could have confirmed that the referees got it wrong. Now, we discussed this earlier on today um, and uh, he's given for me given that yes he had the uh, the dramatics with the, the fist pumping on the desk and the uh, he didn't swear per se but it weren't family friendly language um, for, given that they got it but they got it wrong and it's cost them a point which could potentially be uh, decisive come the, the end of the season a warning for his conduct it gives some form of protection to the refs um, but also kind of acknowledges yeah you were right but there's better ways of doing it 
Per se, I don't think the fine's bad, um, but I just think it kind of is a fear of we can critique players when they make mistakes. And for the same reason you critique players, you critique refs, they're only human. They make mistakes. They make errors. It happens. On this occasion, it has. But there's a fear of... not. You, you don't go out and say, our referees screwed up. You just make the punishment just a bit lenient with the consideration. And I think that's just where it's gone wrong a bit. Because, you know... The fact of in fairness, I mean, it's a good thing because we've got to see a total run, and that's what, like I said, one of the best things in hockey that you can see. But I just think the NHL may miss the mark there. Yeah, I think it was brilliant. I mean, the run itself was brilliant. It's been a while since we've had a, a good old total run. And like you mentioned, it could have, it could be costly for them come the end of well, the start of April when the season finishes so it could be that one point that could have guaranteed them a wild card spot in the playoffs it could be costing them either a spot on the between in the playoffs or on the golf course it's it shows that they're only human they make mistakes I mean, you see it across, pretty much across the world when officials make mistakes. It just shows that they're human. But we all love a good Tartarella rant. It's brilliant. Fully agreed. Fully agreed. But uh, it's just this NHL trait of not being able to admit when they've done something wrong. It's like Gary Bettman all over. It just... No issues, Dave. You say no, no issues with the fine. I could, I could justify the fine not being given. I could justify the fine being given. Ultimately, whether or not he thought there was an issue, the way he conducted himself wasn't necessarily professional. If he'd not have stood there and it was, it was, it was goddamn this and goddamn that. It was what he was coming out with. He was banging on the podium, slamming his fist on there. If he'd have just stood there and said, "I think it's a bit ridiculous that the clock obviously ran down a couple of seconds more." We lost our goalie from it. We lost the shootout because of it. And something he'd sort in. I think he probably wouldn't have had as much backlash as he did because of the attitude that he came out with it. And I completely understand why. But that's how you can justify the fine. No issues with that. But surely somebody's got to come out and admit that something was wrong there. Yeah, he, he had a def, he definitely had a point. That's for sure. It's just, it's just that the way he went about it wasn't wasn't necessarily right. And uh, yep, fair enough for the fine. Uh, I think we're all pretty much agreed that was you know fair to twenty thousand. Was it? It was fined. It was twenty thousand dollars, and then a sus- like a suspended sentence. It's like VHUK's favourite thing to say is a suspended <laughs> sentence, twenty five thousand um, dollars if he does it again, basically. Yeah, that's fair enough, isn't it? I mean, um, hopefully he, he will not do it again. Um, but kind of yeah. hope he does. <laughs> hopefully for the Blue Jackets, he'll not do it again. Yeah. From an entertaining perspective, we hope he does it again. 
Yeah. Anybody got anything else to add on the torch run? I just thought it was worthwhile mentioning. And also, it reminds us that sometimes our referees aren't as bad as they seem. Um, speaking of referees, I'm not going to throw this out to everybody. I'm not going to make it a massive discussion. I'm conscious as to time already. Um, but I feel like, again, it would be a bit wrong for us not to at least mention the fact that over the Christmas period, um, we've said oh, in this podcast alone, Dave said, New Year, New Me. We've said New Year, Old Greth. Um, the most notable is uh, his New Year, New Tom Darnell, because he's now decided that uh, it's time to hang up the skates and stop refereeing. Uh, so Tom Darnell, the most experienced referee in the Elite League, decided that New Year's Eve Panthers versus Steelers in Nottingham was going to be his last game. Um, not going to comment on what we thought to him as an official. It's not relevant. Um, he was, you know, he's done a lot of good. Darnell, as I say, he was the most experienced referee in the Elite League. Um, the video that he did, the uh, the Steelers-Giants game a couple of years ago, really opened a lot of eyes to the way that officiating um, he's undertaken and, and and how he conducted himself on the ice. Um, and I think the only thing we can say really is, without people like Tom Darnell, we wouldn't be able to watch the sport every week. Um, and he's devoted a lot of his life to making sure that hockey fans can sit in a game and watch and enjoy. He's travelled all over the country, to Belfast, up in Scotland, down to Cardiff, everywhere. Um, And sometimes you'd have seen him travel from one to the other, seemingly from Cardiff to up in Scotland within a day. You know, that's given up a lot of his life. Yes, he's been paid, but the referees get a lot of slack. But at the end of the day, we wouldn't have a game without them. And I think, to be fair, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be right to have the first podcast back, first podcast back without at least mentioning like what Tom Darnell's done. To be fair, nah, I fully agree. Um, decent referee um, was always or was before he stopped doing the international stuff. Was getting uh, recommendations for tournaments from the IHF. and if they uh, are making the calls, then. No, we think they're wrong then maybe something wrong in that but uh, also someone who when I spoke to him on a number of occasions always always chatting always give time to fans um, not necessarily I want you to explain this is called yada 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 but he talk about the game uh, passionate about the game and as much as he's retired and I hope retirement uh, serves him well with his business because I know it's his, it's his work life that's uh, making him hang the skates up I hope we don't lose him fully I hope somehow we can even if it's to help the the, the bring it up of the new generation referees um, if he's still in a position where he can be helpful there I think our crop of referees will can only benefit from it from having the experience and someone to lean on um, who's in it for as, as many years as he has yeah exactly so. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it was one of the best, if, if not the best referee in, in the league, in my opinion. And it's, it's sad to see him go. Uh, but hopefully he's, you know, 
like Dave said, he's, he's able to uh, to coach a new new referees coming in, and uh, hopefully they'll they'll feed off him uh, and do as good a job as, as he did. Yeah, I can only mirror what you guys have said. I mean, hopefully he doesn't stay out of the game for too long. It becomes like a a trainer for the refs when it comes to like their training camp. And it's, I hope his business goes well. Yeah, no, definitely on that one. Um, last few things on the agenda. I've got predictions now. Um, Dave, I think you're writing these down today, yeah? Oh, yeah. I am now. I did say I would, yeah. I just forgot. <laughs> Good job. I said something. Um, what order do you want us to go in, Dave? Normal? Normal. Andy, Greg, you, me? So, yeah. Sound. Um, do you want to just write them down as we go along and I'll read out the fixtures? Yeah. Sweet. So, Friday the 10th of Jan. Uh, it seems weird to say January already. Uh, we have Belfast versus Sheffield in Belfast. Belfast. Yeah, Belfast. I'm going against Greg. I'm going to say Sheffield. I'm going to go with you, Dave, on that one to say Sheffield. Uh, second game on that Friday is Glasgow, Coventry in Glasgow. Glasgow. Coventry. <coughs> oh. Glasgow. Griff, I'm with you, Coventry. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Saturday, uh, the 11th, we've got Dundee, Guildford in Dundee. Uh, Dundee. I'm going to say Guildford. I'm going to go Dundee. Yeah, Griff, you're on your own on that one. Dundee. I hit it my way. Um, Coventry, Fife in Coventry. Coventry. What an abomination. It's not nice to talk about Coventry that way. But yes, Coventry. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, and you know damn well I wasn't. Um, but I'm joining the pair of you, and I'm going to say Coventry. Uh, yeah, I'm joining the uh, the trio of you. I'm saying commentary too. Um, then finally on that Saturday we've got Manchester Cardiff in Manchester. Ooh, uh, Cardiff. Manchester. Shock horror. I'm going to go for the underdogs in this one. I'm going to go Cardiff. <laughs> um, I'd like to say Manchester, but I'm saying Cardiff. I just can't see Lightning striking twice on this one. No. Because they ended up in the NAHL. Um, Sunday the 12th, we've got Steelers, Glasgow in Sheffield. Uh, Steelers. Yeah, Sheffield. Sheffield? And Sheffield for me. 
Uh, you've got Guildford, Belfast in Guildford. What's Belfast. that fix again? Uh, sorry, Guildford, Belfast in Guildford. Belfast. 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 And Belfast. Uh, then we have Cardiff Dundee in Cardiff. 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 And Cardiff. Uh, and then five Manchester in five. Oh. Manchester. Manchester. Sorry, Graf. I'm going five. Yeah, I'm going five too. Um. Also, sorry, Graf. I've got the um. Buffalo Blues game on, and you're currently losing two one. Um. That's fine. The last fixture that we'll go for, because it's a Thursday, obviously, we generally record on Thursday. So this is face-off at 7.30, so we'll, uh, we'll include this as well. Thursday the 16th of Jan, Nottingham, Glasgow in Nottingham. 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 Nottingham for me as well. So that brings uh, predictions to an end, to a close for episode 54. Um, (coughs) We've got one last thing on the agenda, which of course we all know what it is, and I'm hoping that Andy's thought of a story. He's got one ready. Good, he's had some time. Um, Just before we go into Stafford stories, that the end, the, the, the most anticipated part of each podcast, can I just say, how irritating it is as to how few adverts free sports and premier sports show on the channels. And this is a legitimately like reasonable complaint because I think every single time I watch a hockey game on free sports, I watch the same four adverts in succession every single time. And it does my head in. And I'm fed up of seeing the Amigo advert that goes, I'm starting up. It's just he's doing my head in now. Uh, it was the one that was the uh, the darts one. Mm. That was a bit uh, during the Winter Classic. That was a bit, yeah. That's a bit irritating. It just does my head because you stay up until like two a.m. watching a hockey game, and then like you already like falling asleep watching the game, and then you're watching the same four adverts. It's just like, what am I doing? Anyway, sorry, Stafford. You are? That's why I've got Game Centre. Yeah, no, but you can't watch the games that are on Premier. Um, Well, there is, if you go on Reddit, they've got some really good streams on Reddit. Legal streams. I'm going to say that we have to question the legality of them. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Your stories. Andy, over to you, mate. Again. Not about watching dodgy streams already <laughs> again I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet just time and everything um, uh, I think it was was it two years ago uh, in Belfast we went to an establishment uh, myself uh, Dave Joe and our friend Ben was there I'm very intrigued as to where this is going. I'm trying to think which one this is. 
we managed to go it, it, get into uh, a pretty nice establishment called Robinson's in Belfast. <laughs> uh, yes. A couple, couple of hours there. Uh, decided we would put uh, some bets on, so went outside, uh, went next door <laughs> to uh, McLean's, uh, put a few bets on. Uh, then we went to uh, we went to Boots in the uh, in the mall for a bit. But then we came back. Um, tried to get in, into um, the bar myself uh, and Dave. Uh, got in fine, but Ben didn't. Even though uh, we all went in, we were all allowed in, uh, and Ben had his uh, navy navy blue Steelers jogging bottoms on. Uh, but this stand was two people on the door, and uh, they would not let him in because of obviously him having these jogging bottoms on. So, especially, we went to TK Maxx to get some uh, jeans so Ben could get back into Robinson's. And if that's not dedication into getting a bar into a bar, I don't know what is. I remember that. And we'd just like to clarify, it is a legitimate bar, not a seedy place, as it sounded when Andrew was saying we went into an establishment. You guys met me in Boots because I was was after some medication or something for some description. Um, Because I remember you stormed in, so I can't get in the pub. And, like, so yeah. But, yeah, every cloud, we managed to have a quick detour to um, Tim Hortons. Well, the the alternate view to this was I wasn't with you guys initially you, in Robinson. You walked past us. So we walked past you. So we've been texted <laughs> to say we're in Robinson's. And um, we were on our way there and you walked past us. And so I joked as you walked past and said, oh, cheers for telling us that you left Robinson's and was just met by this very stern-faced one-word <laughs> answer from Ben who just went, don't. <laughs> I just looked. At, I just looked at Dave and Andy and went, "What's up?" They were like, "We'll we'll tell you in a bit." It was half an hour. We stopped laughing. Do you know what? Do you know what? There were two good points about that. Those. The first thing is he's worn those jeans multiple times now just to get the money out of those jeans. <laughs> and secondly, when we got through to the um, to security when we were going back home, his luggage was too big because he had to put the jeans <laughs> in the luggage. So we ended but up wearing a second hoodie. He, he was very quick to walk out of the TKX when he bought them, and he left all the labels on. Me and Andy saw him, we're like, and we just stood there staring like, what earth are you playing at? And Ben's like, well, so we've got, we've got pints waiting for us. Not once you dress like that, sunshine. Like, what do you mean? Your labels are still on. The plastic ones, the, the tags, the job lot. It's like, come on, go back. You I wish tried- I said nothing. We should, would just yeah. like to clarify on that he did pay for the jeans he wasn't no no they, 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 so he's, he's he's purchased them yeah he's he's purchased them he's put he's told him look i want to put them because i need to wear them but he's left all the, the tags and the labels on and all that so yeah that was a funny one that that was a great one ben if you're listening to this um nice one mate because he gave us a lot of laughs with that welcome <laughs> and we'll continue to do so correct Correct. Now, um, unless anybody has anything to add, I'm at the end of the agenda that I've got written down. Yeah, all happy. Sound. So, apologies, this may be a a little bit longer in terms of time than uh, than the last few episodes, but a lot to catch up on. It's certainly a lengthy one. It has, uh, yeah, it has had some content. Has had some content. Um, 
But yeah, first one back from Christmas. Uh, new year, new us, same length podcast. Um, so yeah, but uh, but gents, thank you very much, Gref. Um, thank you for ruining our ABBA references. It's fine. It's what I'm here for. I, I think love the fact that you said that so like straight faced. There was just there wasn't even a, an, an ounce of humour in that at all. It's script, it was purely scripted answer. You know, Terrible. Brand Gref, this is what I'm here for. No, in the bin. Yeah, in the bin, Gref. Start learning your other references. Um, Dave, thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, uh, Brand Gref. Um, and to everyone who's listened, and if you've able to get to this part of the podcast and you're still with us as like last year congratulations we can only assume the pause button has not worked on Spotify (laughs) oh you are falling asleep no that's you can confirm or Dave or Andy or or, oh yeah or Andy yeah that's true actually yes that is true and it's true. And speaking of Andy, Andy, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> thank you very much, Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Gref. Thanks for everyone listening. Uh, we, we all love we a bit of length, so I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh, but yeah, happy, happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, echo that again. Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you for listening to episode 54 of My Fancy Zamboni. <laughs>